Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. It's time for Startup Office Hours. Thanks for being here. I'm Scott Fox. Today, we're going to talk about startups. I'm glad to have you here. We're going to take a voyage into the land of uh, valuations and fundraising and uh, shareholder relations, uh, finding investors, angel investors, venture capital investors, how to build and recruit teams, how to grow faster than you normally should or would, um, all the things that uh, become really important once you find yourself on the road to being an entrepreneur. So I'm happy to have you here. We're going to talk about this for an hour or so. And this is, um, this is really just a chance for questions and answers. I do a lot of programming, and I've, well, I've written these books, sorry, over here, <laughs> these books, uh, to try to help founders around the world. And they're in many languages, as you can see. But this is just a chance where I take an hour out of my lunchtime and try to talk to you and see if I can help you. So there's no particular agenda here. Looking forward to talking to the folks who are coming backstage who are on camera. We've got a bunch of people lined up to ask questions already. And if you have questions as well, I hope you'll join us in the chat room. This is live on YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn and Blog Talk Radio at least and maybe some other places. I lose track. So I'm Scott Fox. I'm a serial internet entrepreneur. I've been doing this a long time. And um, I've raised money for companies. I've founded several companies. I've worked for big companies, small companies. These days, I'm mostly an advisor, a mentor, and an angel investor. So I've seen both sides of the table in terms of uh, both raising money and uh, investing money, um, also as a principal and as an agent and as an investor and as a mentor. So I've got lots of different perspectives. And I'm doing this really just to try to help. I know there are lots of you out there who are on the same journey that I've been on for decades, which is trying to find, um, well, kind of to try to find your place in the world, how you can make a difference in the world by doing something that you believe in that solves a problem. And solving problems are what entrepreneurs are all about, right? That's why we're here. I love hanging out with entrepreneurs. I just got back from the Global Entrepreneurship Congress in Melbourne, Australia. I was speaking there about how non-U.S. companies can enter the U.S. markets. That was super cool. We had several thousand entrepreneurs and investors and ecosystem builders all together in one place. And there's nothing more empowering. I have to say there's nothing more empowering than hanging out with other people who get things done. And that's what entrepreneurs are. Some of us may be crazy, but we're getting things done. We're some of the few people in the world who actually have a vision and go out and pursue it. We don't wait for other people to tell us what to do. We make things happen. So if that's why you're here, I'm glad to see you. Glad to meet you. Uh, if we haven't uh, connected yet, let's, uh, let's do that. Let's see. Uh, invite your friends. Please come on over here. They can see us if um, they haven't found us somewhere else. It's on LinkedIn Live as well as on um, YouTube there. Um, let's see. If you want to join us backstage, we've only got room for 10 people, but there's going to be, and we've got maybe close to 10 already, but you can use that URL and come on backstage and ask a question live. I'm going to turn on the chat room in a couple minutes so you can type in your questions on YouTube chat or LinkedIn live chat and Facebook chat. And they'll all show up here, uh, just right here. And uh, we'll go through those questions as well together. But of course, the most fun is when people are on camera. So if you want to join me on camera, please do that there. And what else? Let's see. We've got to, oh, let me talk a little bit. So we've got some sponsors. We've got a great sponsor here, Cake Equity. Cake is a uh, stock options platform. So this is really critical stuff for any founder 
because managing stock options for your employees is the way that you motivate them. And it's also critical for your relationship with investors, right? You have to keep track of who owns what, especially as the company grows and things get more and more complicated, especially like if you're issuing uh, multiple safe notes and there's convertible notes and you have the stack of preferences and things. Cake will help you do all that. Uh, here's their logo. It's cakeequity.com. And actually, since they're friends of mine, in fact, I have to admit, I'm an investor in the company. I was so excited about this company, I put money in myself because <laughs> I think this solves a problem that we all have, right? Managing options and stock options and, and the legalities and cap tables, it's, it's really important, but it's just not stuff you as a founder should be spending your time on. And these guys automate it all. Um, and, and they're nice folks doing the right thing for the world, trying to empower more employees with ownership in their companies. Very cool. Also wanted to point out that we have, let's see, we have a bunch of services here. So the Startup Council is my organization. This is just basically, this is basically just me, but with all of you guys, that's this logo here, startupcouncil.org. And we've set up a whole bunch of services. And these are based on things that I think founders need because they're, Honestly, they're niches that are small enough. They're never going to be a business, right? We're doing them at break even or we give them away for free. And we're trying to help founders like you with the things I wish I had had when I was an original, uh, originally a founder. So here, here's some logos for you. Now, if that doesn't blind you, <laughs> and you can, and you can oh, let me turn it on. There we go. There we go. So if that doesn't blind you, let's, uh, let's make that bigger. There we go. Okay, so these are logos. These are all services that my startup council offers you guys, right? So if you need to find investors, there's the one, the first one, right? Startup Investors Directory. If you want to list your startup so you can attract more attention, there's the nationalstartupsdirectory.com. If you want to find events, startupevents.org. This is the first calendar in the world, I think, that only lists virtual events for founders. So you don't have to live in Palo Alto or New York City or London or Mumbai, wherever you are, to be in the big city. You don't have to be in the big city. These are only virtual events, educational events, networking events, pitch events, all the things that you want as a founder. And you can check them out online for free, startupevents.org. And then the workshops. Okay, so these workshops, this, I, these are workshops I run online. And these are smaller groups, kind of like today, the 30 or 40 people, and everybody brings a question. Same kind of thing, but it's more of a group thing. And those are a lot of fun. We do those once a month, alternating online or uh, virtually. Uh, sorry, alternating online or here in Southern California where I live. So the place to go for all that is this one, startupcouncil.org, Startup Council. All right, so that's what we're up to. And, okay, so since I'm doing this, let me do one more. Sorry, just bear with me a second. There's one more. We, I started another thing for you. See, I'm an entrepreneur. I can't stop. I see these, I see these opportunities to help, and um, I want to help all of you. So this is new, even if you've been here since last month. Uh, I started a group on LinkedIn so that we can find each other. One of the biggest challenges is for, I guess there's two. One is finding information, right? So you're a founder and you're kind of in a silo and you need to not just find generic information, you need to find specific information, right? You have real questions. That's why I do this show, right? So you have real questions and I don't have all the answers or the time to answer all the questions. Um, so this is a community, right? So come and join this. It's free. If you'd like, free offer, right? But you can scan that QR code and come on to LinkedIn and join this group and um, we'll help each other. That's all there is to it. We'll help each other. So if that sounds interesting to you, then, uh, then please sign up. Click, you know, point your uh, camera, your phone camera at the screen right now and, um, and you can join us. Okay, so that's all the intro. Let's go. Let's get some questions going here. 
like I said, if you want to join us backstage, come over here. And I have to do a couple disclaimers. Come on now. Let's see. Right here. Nope. Hang on. It's coming. This is the exciting part. Just hang on. You're not going to want to miss this. Here you go. This is not qualified legal or financial advice. I'm just some guy you met on the Internet. Please don't take this too seriously. Do my best to help, but your mileage may vary. And uh, this is being recorded, so don't say anything stupid, <laughs> okay? And if you'd like, oh, here's another one. There's my LinkedIn. And if you want to connect with me, I'd be happy to. Please uh, put a line in of why you're connecting. Uh, I, I have hundreds of connections stacking up in my inbox, and I only accept those where people say something. It doesn't have to be anything clever. Just say hi, how you, how you know me, right? Because I don't want to connect with spammers and scammers. I'm trying to keep my network quality just like yours, right? So please just do a quick link and say, hello, you know, I met you on startup office hours or that sort of thing. Okay, let's see. And then we're going to comment over here, and now we're going to get to our questions. Okay, so I'm going to bring on some people backstage. Um, from backstage, I see a bunch of folks, and we're going to say hi to the, these people. And they're each going to give me, guys in the back there, you need to have your camera on. So Nicholas or um, Rafi, um, for example. I see Roderick and Madad and Lanid and Fabio and some other folks, they have their cameras on, right? So I'm only going to put you on camera if you're on camera, <laughs> okay? So let's go. And what I want this to start, guys, is just a super quick um, introduction of, like, real quick, uh, who you are, where you're from, and the quick version of the question you'd like to talk about, right? Not the whole thing, not the pitch. This is not pitch practice, although we can do that later. Just the quick version. Well, i got a full house tonight. Um, so that I can organize our conversation. And it looks like the room is full. Folks who are still trying to come on, uh, Rafi, your camera's off, but if you want to join us, you are welcome as well. Uh, the room is full right now, guys, so just hang on a second, <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk to some of these lovely folks, and then we will um, get going uh, to answer some questions. Okay. All right. That was a, a lot. So nice to see all of you, some familiar faces, some new faces. Um, if you're uh, ready to just give me a quick version. Actually, can everybody say hi for a second? Just say hi. Hey, <laughs> come on, Roderick, smile. I know you have a lovely smile. There it is. All right, cool. Um, so we're just going to just introduce your topic real quick, who you are, where you're from. I'll call on you in the order that you are in my screen. Hello, Fabio. Can you go first? Just turn on your mic and just tell me where you're from and what your quick version of your question is, please. I, I can't quite hear you, Fabio. Can other people hear him? Fabio, I'm going to have to, yeah. Fabio, can you try again with something else? I'm going to move on to uh, next here is. Am I, am I out? Oh, that's help. that helps. That helps. Yeah, you want to try again? Okay, okay. Yeah, I work for an AI company. We have a specific AI solution for TGA. I I still couldn't get that. I'm sorry. You're going to have to come back with a different microphone, my friend. I, I got you're an AI company, but the rest of it was gone. So maybe you have a headset or something or, or something else. Um, sorry about that. Happy to chat or put your question in the chat yeah, or we can try again. Okay. So let's – sorry, we've got to keep moving. We've got a lot of people here. So uh, Lunid. Where's Lunid? Hey, Lunid. Nice to meet you. Hi. 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 Can you guys hear me? I can. Perfect. I think someone else has their mic on, so that's what we can. Maybe, yeah. Could you other folks mute? Someone else can mute. That would help. Yeah, that would help. Good point. You've done this before. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what's on your mind? Yeah. So um, we need CEO and founder of Cool Week, um, helping babies not ingest microplastics, 
And my question is around reaching down and finding investors and how to personalize it because it's a lot of trying to reach um, angel angel investors wanting to know um, do we need to send a video to each one and like how personal do we get? And, Got it. Uh, okay. That's a good question. Okay. We will definitely do that one. Nice to meet you. Where are you from? I didn't catch that. Yeah, you're right. Somebody, somebody's got a lot of car noise. We need you to mute, guys, or I'm going to mute you all. This is, yeah, you're making it hard for the rest of us, please. Um, somebody's got a lot of background noise. Let's see, how do we do this? Uh, I can remove you. I don't want to just mute. I don't even know where to mute it. There, that was you, Madad. Ah, caught you. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, next up, Roderick, how are you? Hey, Scott. How are you doing today? Good. Nice to see you. First, I want to say thank you, Scott, because you, um, you've been amazing for me so far, man, over the past six months because of you and coming to your different events. You know, I came to the, the Startup Council event you had back in June, I think it was, and I'm going to the one you have it in October. Great, great. So I want to thank you so much because you have definitely uplifted me and given me the, the, the resources that I needed to, to, to uh, contact so thank you so much for that. Well, thank you. And, I, you know, I've noticed you on LinkedIn always clicking and commenting and stuff, too. That's very helpful. I appreciate that as well. Of course, it drives the algorithm. It helps us reach more people when you do that. So thank you. So, yeah, what's, what's on your mind today? So the question I have, so for the past three months, I've actually met a lot of investors. And I've had probably about a good six meetings, uh, pitch meetings. And... I'm starting to hear the same thing, which I understand. We're living in a, a time where people want to see traction. So all six of these investors I've met with, they're very interested in what I have, but they keep telling me to come back once I have traction. Yep. And my web, my web app MVP is not going to be available until uh, March of uh, 2024. Okay. So I just, the question I have with is, what is considered enough traction to where I probably can go back to the investors? Yeah. I don't want to go back to them until I know Smart. I have enough traction. Got it. No, that's a great question. Every, that's a common one. I'm happy to discuss that. Let's do that for sure. Okay, good to see you. Uh, let's see. Oh, Rafi turned on his camera. Let's see. Who's, what does Rafi look like? Oh, there's Rafi. Hey, Rafi. <laughs> nice to meet you. Okay, Madad, you want to – I'll unmute you if you want to – go ahead. What's yeah, on your yeah, I apologize for that. I couldn't find the mute button. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, my question is, that, uh, in my past startups, I've been a founder raising money myself and then hiring people. And uh, I said to myself, this one, like, enough is enough. It's time for me to get a co-founder on, on this new venture sure. and uh, do, it, do it the right way, you know. Um, but the challenge for me is uh, I'm completely bootstrapping it and not, not, not putting any money into it besides the time I put in to build the product. Um, and so... I can't pay a co-founder. How do I bring a co-founder on without them being able to take a salary either? Yeah. You know, is it just on paper to go out and raise money with the co-founder? Is it committing to saying, like, look, I'll be, I'll be on board with you if we can raise the capital together to continue? Got it. Got it. Yep. Okay. It's chicken and egg. Yeah, it is. And it's a tough one. Sure. Good to see you. We'll, we'll come back to that. I'm going to mute you again, though. Don't take it personally. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nicholas. Where's Nicholas? Hey, Nicholas. Nice to meet you. What's your question? Nice to meet you. Sorry about that. I just asked you for a connection on the GDP part. You said about the lie. Obviously, that I'm just watching your life. So that's me. You know that's not a gift. Okay. Uh, 
Hi everyone, for our company, uh, we are uh, work with Fargo and we are located in Vancouver and we work for our company that have a breakthrough solution for based on artificial intelligence to enhance the power of uh, database administrators. Okay. That's what it is. Uh, it's very simple and saying, but we can talk a lot more about it later. Uh -huh. uh, what we are really looking forward is to help the company grow. We have started this operation on sales and marketing few months ago, a couple of months ago, around North America, starting on Vancouver. Uh -huh. And I would love to have some tips and hints about how to connect with people, rise, have it start to grow the company. Okay, so growth. Growth question, and you have a product already. Okay, got it. Of course, it means also investor, but uh, the options available. Yeah, okay. Okay, and, and you said you're with Fabio, you guys are a team? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. We are members of the company. Okay? Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, let's see, who didn't I get here yet? Um, Bradley, where's Brad? There's Brad. There he is. Okay, hey, hey, Brad, nice to see you. Why don't you go ahead? You got to unmute, though. I didn't mute you, did I? No. That was on you. Hey. Yeah, I'm the founder of Getaway GoGo, last minute vacation rental marketplace. And my question for today has to do with cold emailing um, investors. Okay. Nice and concise. Thank you. That's a good one. Sounds like you and uh, Lunita might have similar interests there, so maybe we can team up on that one. Okay, and then let's see. Who didn't I get yet? Was Rafi. Hey, Rafi. How are you? Hey. Uh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yes. Where are you from? Yeah, hi. So I'm basically jump between Montreal, New York, and Vancouver. Okay. Because that's kind of where basically the operations are. We're basically like a blockchain-powered wallet that's aiming to make the lives of people much easier by giving them real-time access to funds, right? But the issue that I'm running into is that I keep getting compared to FDF and FDI. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and especially without a running product. Uh, right now, we're looking at the MVP, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so until that's done, I can't really like, get any handbills. Measure. So I think this is a common theme where investors now are a lot more careful in the meetings that they take and the founders that they meet with, right? Sure. But my my question is, like, uh, short of, like, actually going up to them in their offices and, like, uh, averaging them, like, what's the optimal way to approach them, right? Because if I just submit my deck, bonds are known as the edge because I get under those big submissions uh, a day. Yes. Yeah, okay, so approach paths. Yep. All right. I'm yeah. happy to do that. We'll do that as well. And I think, Andre, nice to see you again. Sorry, I have to unmute myself. Yeah. Um, hi, my name is Sandra. I'm calling from Brandon, Virginia. I don't have a question. I have a speech practice. Oh, um, right. Okay. Yeah, that will be my second attempt, and they hope to do better than the first time. Okay. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we're here, man. Um, good to see you again. Uh, all right, cool. All right, so that's what a great group, all right? So uh, everybody give me a smile, if you don't mind, so we can post on social media and see how handsome you all are. Like, everybody looking good? Cool. Thank you. Because, um, you know, if we don't take pictures, it didn't happen, right? So um, let's see. Let's go. All right. So let's let me. Okay. Let me turn on the chat room and then uh, we're going to. Um, sorry, a lot of controls here. 
chat. Okay, chat. Turn on the overlay. There we go. Here comes our friends in the chat room. And these folks are on YouTube or uh, LinkedIn or Facebook. And it should all start showing up here in a minute. And we will get to some of those questions as well. So let's, I'm going to take, say goodbye to our friends here a minute. Give me a second. Let me just think about where we're going to start. It sounded like we had several questions about the initial approach to investors. So I think we'll probably start there. Let me just look at my notes to see who was. Um, so in the chat, um, the chat will start rolling in here in a minute as well. So anybody that uh, types a new uh, message will start showing up in there. Um, okay. So, sorry, give me a sec. So, okay. Yeah, angel investment. Yeah. Um, you know, I wrote so I wrote so quickly I can't read my own writing now. <laughs> okay. Uh, retraction. Yeah, that's a good one. Co-founders. Yeah. Um, well, let's actually, you know what, let's start, Madad, let's start with you and the co-founders thing, because that's before you even approach the investors. And then we'll get into investor approach stuff. And um, yeah, and then pitch practice. Yeah, so every, everybody's watching. We can do pitch practice later as well. These are quick two-minute verbal only pitches. Uh, and it's just for fun. Nobody's writing checks here today. Um, we're just trying to give you an, a chance to work out the kinks in front of an audience to get friendly feedback. So a lot of times people really suck, and that's fine. <laughs> that's how you start, right? You start by sucking, and then you get better with practice. So uh, it's much better to practice here with friends who understand what you're doing than to practice on stage in some sort of pitch competition, right? So we'll get to some pitches in a moment. Um, okay, I'm not, why isn't the chat turning off here? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Somebody post something new, would you? Actually, I will. Let me see. Hello. All right, that should, there we go. Yeah, so it's working. Okay, so go ahead. Sorry, the other chat uh, stuff, it wasn't on yet. So a bunch of you said hello. Let me just say hello to you then. So Sam says thanks. Steel Pressure says hi. Roderick says hello. LinkedIn user says hello. Hello, LinkedIn user. Um, a framework for processing, organizing capital. Sure, yeah. Uh, desire for love. Okay, nice to see you. Doman, Washington, D.C. is Hannah. Uh, da, 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 da. Hello from London. Good day. And Maryland. And um, ask questions on YouTube or LinkedIn. Anna, you can either one or you can come backstage as well. I think the room is full right now. And um, how to connect with Tech Coast Angel. Well, that's an easy one. Go to techcoastangels.com. That's a, uh, for those who don't know, have the background, I'm a very active angel investor. I'm in, uh, in several different angel groups like this one, Tech Coast Angels. I run Stanford Angels for my geographical region here in, in Orange County. Um, I am uh, an LP in several funds, but one of the big ones, in fact, I think it's the largest angel group in North America, is Tech Coast Angels, and they're based here in Orange County, California. And the best way to meet them is to just go and apply online. You can use my name if you'd like. That might help a little bit, but really we get a lot of deal flow so the forms there that they will ask you to fill out will give us a pretty good picture of what your company is about. And if it's a fit, we'll be happy to have you in and attend one of our screenings. We have several chapters in Orange County, Los Angeles, Inland Empire, uh, Pasadena. There's a specialty medical med tech uh, group as well called NIDA. Uh, we do a lot of investing and be happy to hear from you at techcoastangels.com. That's an easy one. Uh, I'll come back to uh, Kirk and Larry. Um, Let's see. Yes, Larry, October 11th. That's our next Startup Game Changer event in Garden Grove. We will be doing that one. Go to startupgamechanger.com. Okay, so I said we're going to bring on Madad. So let's find Madad here. Do, 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 do. Here he is. Okay. And I will unmute you. Okay. 
It's too noisy. I'm sorry. I am outside with a road behind me. So okay. Me. Well, that's fine. Well, just give us a little context again, and I'll mute you, and then I'll talk, and you can unmute. You know how that works. Like a walkie-talkie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, so the product I built is called Grid Pigeon, and uh, and I built the MVP. Uh, started to to get some users on it, and just realizing this venture, I, it's very hard for me to switch from that product to sales mode effectively, as much as I can do sales and marketing and whatnot. So I'm trying to find that co-founder who can help on uh, just sales and it's just daily strategy, you know, just be that, that founding board with me and that partner in this, in this, in this venture. So, uh, but I don't have any money to bring anybody on. I'm trying to figure out how do I, how do I bring a co-founder on without offering that, except I'm mean, just offering some equity up front. Is that really the way I just started the business and offer them? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it yeah. is. It is the way. <laughs> that's, a short, that's a short answer, right? Um, yes. I mean, if you don't have money, you what do you got, right? I mean, you yeah. can offer to wash their car. You know, I mean, you know, it's up to you. Um, the the trick, the reality is though that it's really hard to find anybody qualified who will work for equity these days. There's just too much money in the market, so you're really gonna probably more try to look for somebody who has a shared vision. And to do that, it's really about making friends first and attending events. Like I've seen you at events here in, in California, right? Going to those events and trying to find people. I get this question a lot, and I'm even thinking about whether we should start another service. I showed you guys all those logos of things we've started, you know, little holes in the market that won't make any money but are helpful to people. And co-founders is definitely one of them. I get this question all the time and literally all over the world. Like I said, I was in Australia last week, and people were asking me the same question. You know, how do I find a good co-founder? The only one I've found that is even worth the time, and I haven't looked real hard, but Y Combinator offers a, a service, and it's, it's called something real basic like co-founder matching or something like that. Um, somebody could Google it probably and put it in the chat room. Uh, that one has been very useful, I think, because you fill out a profile, and then it's actually set up to email you profiles of people who are looking for things, and it will match, right? If you say, like, I want to do AI or I want to do aerospace, like, it, it helps to find those things. Or you can say, I want, um, I'm not technical, I want a technical co-founder, or vice versa, right? It can help match. Uh, I would go look for that. Uh, other than that, though, I would just start attending events. And I don't just mean physical events, virtual events as well. Try to find things, participate in hackathons, find people that think alike. Uh, go to big conferences like this one. I just, there were several thousand people in Melbourne last week, and everybody was of a similar mindset. And that's a really target-rich environment, because if you walk in, you just, everybody you meet, hey, do you know anybody like this? Hey, do you know anybody like this? And the word will get around, especially if it's a multiple-day conference, and maybe you'll get somewhere. But that's, I mean, you knew none of that is, like, news to you probably, right? Yeah. Um, more specifically, I'm going to mute you a second. Sorry, that road noise is, um, just wave at me if I'm, let's <laughs> start talking. Um, the other thing, let's just address some of the practicality. So, first of all, I don't think most people need co-founders. What you need is somebody to do the work that you don't want to do, whether that's technical, sales, whatever. I'd be very careful about handing out a co-founder title because once you give that, you can't get it back. So I would really look more at finding people that can do project work and then work your way up into building a relationship. Like, I mean, if you don't have a high school friend or somebody who you already have a relationship with, right? You're starting cold, which I think is your situation. Um, find somebody who can do a small job and get to know them and then see if you can work up. Now, that's going to be really hard, admittedly, without cash. So I, I don't have a great answer for that. But a lot of people think they need a co-founder. But that, honestly, that's kind of a crutch. And I'm not accusing you of that. But a lot of people, they're just lonely and scared, right? So they want somebody to share the journey. And that's totally legit. But if that's the case, own it, right? Like, 
I, I, you know, your co-founder, you're getting married, right? I mean, this is, you're going to be at this business for five or 10 years, maybe the rest of your life. So this is not a casual decision and I wouldn't wander into it. Not that you are, again, I'm kind of talking for the general crowd here. The other thing is to get everything documented up front. How long is each person going to be involved? You should not give a chunk of equity all in one chunk. It should be vested over time based on milestones. There's a lot of thought that should go into this. Even if you're best friends, even if it's your sister, you know, like you still, this things go weird when people, when money gets involved in over time, you know, people get married, they move, they get sick, you know, whatever, and things change. So you really got to, um, co-founders or early stage founders are really a place where you have to put in a lot of kind of paperwork insurance which is annoying to do and hard on a relationship, but you have to document those things or things can really blow up in your face later. So, okay, that was kind of, you got me on one of my favorite topics, but, oops, sorry, I turned you off. I meant to unmute you. Okay, there we go. Okay. I just said thank you. Okay, was that helpful? Was that the right track? Okay, cool. All right, well, I hope to see you again. Um, I know you're local, so hopefully we'll see you. Uh, you're reading our newsletters and come to some of the other events. I'm hosting one tomorrow night at UCI, actually. I don't I'll know. be there. Yeah. Are you going to be there? Awesome. Okay, that's going to be fun. Okay. Great. Nice to see you. Okay. And, oh, here's, let's look in the chat room. Yes, thank you. Uh, Mark is stepping in. Hey, Mark, nice to see you. Um, the chat room is so that you guys can supplement what I'm saying. I'm just like the host here. I don't know everything for sure, right? Uh, so if you have suggestions of, uh, that can answer the people's questions, please put them in the chat room, seriously. And, and go ahead and introduce each other. Post your LinkedIn earls and stuff. You know, like, go ahead, man. You, use this for what it is. This is a community building exercise. So Mark is chiming in here. Um, and it says, I've tried a few co-founder matching services and even joined someone on the East Coast for their project, but I couldn't find anyone to join mine. Interesting. Okay. Um, uh, let's see how, there it is. Um, here, hold on. Let's put that up there. I think this will now show up on, there we go. Yes. Most people go there to find co-founders for their project, not to offer their time. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So you got more people who have their own idea rather than wanting to join something else. Yeah, that, I guess that's true. I mean, and, and I guess that mirrors my experience a little bit as well, although I have seen technical co-founders um, on this uh, Y Combinator thing, so maybe that's better than most. I, I don't know. But I think it's true. Most founders uh, have their own idea, right? And they're looking for backup. But that's another reason, I think, not to necessarily go for a, um, for a co-founder because it's not likely that someone else is going to be equally like 50, 50 as excited as you are about your idea. You got to own this stuff when you're a founder, right? And like I said, a co-founder is a great theory, but often it's kind of a crutch. And if that's the case, be careful, right? Because it's time for you to be the boss, right? If you're going to be the founder, you got to be the boss and you're going to have to, you know, that has a lot of, there's a lot of unpacking to do on that topic that we don't have time for today, but, um, I think co-founders are, it's a little bit of a, uh, easy out for a lot of people. So I, I would be careful, like I said, so I don't need to beat that to death, but I think hopefully you heard me. All right, let's keep going here. Uh, okay, Domum, great, look at this. So Domum says, let me put that one on there. That, uh, okay, we've got a lot of people here today. Say, Domum, I wanna put this up for you guys if you didn't see it. It's like a fairy tale. It took a while to find my co-founder. There are a lot of brilliant people. It feels like the entire world is not perfect, but works. So that's a great, I like that a lot, Domum. Uh, Domum Jim. Um, it is like a fairy tale, right? I, this is one. The co-founder thing is like the investor thing. And, and I do this sometimes when I talk. You know, I'm a speaker. I do a lot of speaking. If any of you are having events and you need a speaker, let me know. <laughs> but I talk a lot about the Cinderella complex, which is people have this idea that, you know, I have, I'm going to build a company and then Prince Charming is going to arrive 
as an investor and give me money or Prince Charming is going to arrive or Princess Charming and be my co-founder. Like you're going to get rescued from this. It doesn't happen, guys. You got to get out there. You got to bust your ass, right? So sometimes it sounds like Dom must work out, but even then it's not perfect. It's a relationship, right? So anyway, I think that was good, good commentary there. Um, let's see. Uh, let me hit one more here just so that, uh, and I'll get to some more on cameras uh, because we have so many people here. Osman says, how do you determine the fair and appropriate amount of equity to offer expert team members? You mentioned milestones. How do you work that in? Very long topic, Osman, but a great question. The fact is, it's common sense. There are frameworks, of course, but I would really just think about what is, who is the person, what do they claim to offer, and then write it down. And then over what reasonable period? And you're not trying to be a jerk, you know. You're not saying whatever, you know, it's 300% improvement in three weeks or whatever, but figure out some reasonable um, milestones that you agree on. And this is a great way to introduce the topics of vesting and milestones and what happens if people go their separate ways and ownership percentages. But you have to have those dialogues. So what kind of percentages? I don't know. Probably small, right, until they prove themselves and vesting over time. There's a very helpful document called the FAST, uh, FAST, something advisor services template. Founder Advisor Services Template, maybe? You can Google it, FAST Template. And it lays out, for example, for advisors. This isn't so much for team members, but if you engage somebody, you know, like me as a, a part-time advisor to your company, just kind of on strategy basis, it gives you frameworks. It has a box, of a grid of like, what stage is your company versus how much time is the person putting in, and maybe this is the right amount of equity to give. Uh, that's a very useful tool as an example. And there are frameworks out there. You can Google this kind of stuff. Uh, I often I keep this by because I often use this as a, as a uh, demonstration. Uh, Madad and other folks, if you're looking at co-founders, this is a really helpful site in the uh, book, and there's a website as well, Slicing Pie. They have a whole uh, methodology about how to figure out who deserves what in an early stage startup because, um, you know, everybody thinks they're worth everything, <laughs> and you've got to negotiate through that. Okay, one more. I saw another quick one there. Um, Hannah had a question. I was going to pop up there. Where did that one go? Yes, this is a quick one. I want to hit this too. Hannah said she recently heard someone say investment tends to dry up around Thanksgiving to the end of the year. Yeah. Um, right now is the key time. After Labor Day, before Thanksgiving. This is when a lot of money goes to work because everybody's busy, right? The kids are back in school. Um, it's before the holidays in December. Uh, and then the first three months of of uh, Q1 are, are very popular as well. And there's no magic to it. It's kind of like any other business, really, except that the investors are really people who can kind of control their own schedule. And we take off a lot of time <laughs> when we can, right? I spend a lot of time traveling when I can, right? So uh, not a lot happens in August, not a lot happens in December, uh, and so forth. So I think that's true, something to be wary of. At the same time, I wouldn't overthink it. It isn't like there's some magic season. Finding investment is a matter of building a relationship, and the people that are going to be interested in your venture are going to become your friends, or at least your allies. And the specific timing isn't going to be so hard to get the investment completed. It's more like now is probably when they're open for the initial conversations most, I guess. But there's no magic to this. The fact is, all these reports and standards and stuff are kind of BS. It comes down to you. What's your timing? What do you need? When are you available, right? Especially if you're a founder who's only doing this part-time, you're not going to, you know, fit into some other person's calendar on their perfect basis. You've got to live your life. 
and fit them into yours, right? Um, so you got to be realistic about this. But yes, there is seasonality to investing. Okay, so uh, long answers to some short questions. Okay, I'm going to bring on some of my friends here. Uh, Lunid, it sounded like. Hello, Lunid. Nice to meet you. And um, who else wanted to talk yeah. about the early stage stuff? I noted that Brad and Rafi. Rafi, if you want to talk about finding early stage investors, maybe you can come back, turn your camera on again. And where's Brad? Okay. Let's see if we can, um, let's see, is Rafi going to turn his camera back on? So think about what you guys said you wanted to talk about. We'll see if we can do kind of a group conversation. Here's, okay, here's Rafi as well. There we go. Okay. Hi. Hey. <laughs> okay. right. hey. So, so I'll, I'll get started. Okay. Um, so there's two pieces to the question. It's um, application fee or pay, paying for service. Um, I, I see there's a niche of people just kind of, using this as an opportunity to get um, eager entrepreneurs to sign up for some kind of service, they can yep. have reach and all that stuff. Yep. Like what's the land of land in that space? That's um, a great question. I want to be um, throwing money away in that way and not getting any time for it. So yep. That's the first piece of it. The uh -huh. second piece is, um, you know, I've been spraying um, and hopefully it resonates or stick with uh -huh. investors, but now I'm looking down to finding women angel investors okay. or those who are into baby care or infant yeah. services. Yeah. So I'm niching down. However, I don't want to, um, energy is not it's finite, right? So I don't want to put so much energy in something that's, that's again, that's not going to work, but yeah. also um, how do I build that relationship that you talk about yeah. with these Perfect. investors? Um, how do I personalize it? Perfect. I mean, those are great questions. Nice to have you here. Um, Brad and Rafi, are those the same sort of topics you had in mind? Or should I just do her by herself? What do you think? Uh, yeah, kind of, but what I'm most looking for is like how to get there first. Because like when you pay for something, you kind of get, in your mind may vary as usual. There's a bunch of apps out there, uh, such as ThunderVC or uh, OpenVC.app that lets you like, connect investors. But again, that very much depends on the effort you put in, into networking or uh -huh. whether the people running that site feel like helping out and connect you to uh, their personal network, right? Yeah. Because uh, without a personal network of your own, it's going to be very hard to actually. Yes, agreed. You know, Okay, so you guys overlap on the second part of her question anyway. How about you, Brad? What is, what's in? Yeah, mine really has to do with. Um, what should be included or not included in a cold investor email? Oh, right. Yours is more specific. Okay. Personal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I'm the same. Okay. So I will let you go for a second, and we'll come back to Brad, and let's talk to these other two folks. Let's see here. There. Okay. Cool. Okay. So let's um, first things first, let's talk about app application fees. So application fees are, yes, for sure, uh, it's everywhere. It happens all the time now. Sorry, I'm playing. You can tell I'm still playing with this uh, system. <laughs> uh, see what looks coolest. How about there? That's better. Um, okay, so application fees are a common feature for sure. The trick is to not get ripped off, as you're saying, and I agree with this. Um, there are kind of two species, three species, really, I guess, of, of these kind of events and services. One is a nonprofit that can afford to give things away. Awesome. This, the other extreme is, of course, those who are trying to actively make a profit center out of you. <laughs> and then the in-between is people who are just trying to cover costs, I guess, right? So 
if it's nonprofit and it's free, no problem, of course, right? That's, that's the ideal. Um, if they're trying to actively make money off you, that's not really cool, I think. There's a lot of uh, consultants, you know, who are actually salespeople who are trying to help you, <laughs> right, by selling you stuff, whether it's software and services or it's uh, legal incorporation or trademark services or there's accounting, of course, and then there's all these uh, conferences and events and pitches where you can, you, hey, you, great opportunity, you can spend $5,000 and come pitch our group, right? That kind of stuff. It depends a lot on the group, of course. In my experience, um, it depends a lot on where you live, unfortunately, too, especially if you're, where are you? I forget, Lenid. Where did, geographically? San Diego. San Diego. Oh, so you're near here. Okay, okay. And where are yeah. you, Rafi? You saw you were in Montreal and Vancouver and New York, right? Yeah, okay. Montreal, Vancouver, New York. Okay. So you guys are both in big enough metropolitan areas, you could probably find a variety of these events, right? If you're somebody who lives in, uh, whatever, Tallahassee or Nairobi, right, <laughs> the equation is much different. So for anybody who's not like you guys, you really got to look online, right, rather than in person. The in-person events are the ones that tend to charge the most, and they can easily charge you five or even $10,000. I, I would stay away from those. Uh, in my experience, they don't have really much better investors than the ones that will do it for free, like Techos Angels that I belong to. We don't charge anybody anything. Um, so unless we're having a big event, then we need to cover costs, actually, and then, but then it's a small amount. And actually, that's the in-between category that I think doesn't get enough respect. There are a lot of folks who try really hard to do good work and are not making money, but they are trying to cover costs. And I'll put myself in that category. We hold events, and they're not free, but that's because I spend a bunch of money getting them up, organized, renting the room, and publicizing them, right? So, you know, 50 bucks, not 5,000, <laughs> right? So those two, I think, does legit. And you got to kind of get to know who's in, in your market, especially geographically, like in San Diego or in New York, wherever you are, or online as well, right? Who's behind it? Are they a nonprofit? Are they, do they have a track record of doing this? Or are they somebody who just showed up, you know, and is trying to, you know, become an influencer and, you know, spend 10, get 10 grand of your money that you don't have? So you probably knew that, but I guess I would be, my short answer would, I would be suspicious the more they charge. And hopefully you can find uh, angles that don't require that. Is that helpful or validating to what you were thinking? Yeah, the economy and on which groups I join yeah. and who is what their credibility is. That's right. That's right. And I guess another thought is you want to make sure they really have investors because I know groups on all three of those places, whether it's a nonprofit or a, or a covers a cost or a for-profit thing, they have a bunch of people in the room and they may be very distinguished looking, you know, serious investor looking types with nice suits and ties or whatever you think an investor looks like. But they're not really investors. They're lawyers or they're service providers. They want to teach you how to pitch or they want to make introductions, you know, and, and those aren't investors. If you want, you want people to actually write checks. Uh, so I would try to do some due diligence on who is actually in the room. And you can always ask for references. Who else has pitched your event? I'd like to know how they did, right? That's a legitimate thing, especially somebody charging you five grand. I mean, if it's 50 bucks, right? Maybe not, <laughs> or even 500 bucks. But if it's five grand, this is like, you know, you could buy a car for five grand. So, you know, you can ask a few questions and I wouldn't be shy. Um, okay, so that's enough on that one. So let's get over to Rafi and, and Lenny to your second question. Um, how to find investors when you don't necessarily have a personal network, uh, spray and pray versus niches. So I think, um, and raise your hand if I'm going off on the wrong track here, but uh, I think, Lenita, you're already answering the question for yourself. 
and this might apply to you too, Ravi, which is the going from the broad approach to the narrower and narrower. The trick with finding investors, of course, is it's like dating. You have to find people that you have a lot in common with and that are interested in your niche. And that's what you said, when, you know, literally the words from your mouth, you know, you're niching down. And that's exactly, that's what I talk about a lot in my, you can't see my books right now, but the first book over there that's behind me. Um, you niche down to find people that have an interest. And why is this? This is because the people most likely to invest in you are obviously they have an interest in your product and all that stuff, but there has to be a level of trust. And that's why most founders start with friends and family money. Not because their friends and family necessarily understand AI or reducing microplastics and baby food, right? But because they know them and they trust them in other ways. So you need to find a way to replicate that like and trust artificially, essentially, and the easiest way to do that is by niching down. So they don't know you, they may not live in your town, um, but they're investors, and you look, here's, what I, here's my point, you look at their portfolio, what else have they invested in? Do your research. Like, if you're spending, you know, uh, three quarters of your, a quarter of your time researching and three quarters pitching, that's wrong. Spend three quarters of your time researching so that you, when you pitch, it's to the right people. You want to be in the right room. So, like you said, Go find people that are women founders, awesome. African-American founders, awesome. You know, uh, people that are interested in baby products, awesome. If you can find a fund that does baby products for companies led by African-American women, you're going to get a long way quickly, right? That's the key, right, is because they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt that a friends and family would have, right? So you need to replicate that in other ways. So now um, I'm going on here, and I'll set up in a second and I'll let you ask some follow-up questions. But Rafi, so to your point specifically, when you don't have a personal network, is the most frustrating thing I think as a founder. It's why I do this. I am a white male guy who went to Stanford, and I look like I'm super connected. Well, I am pretty connected now, but I was not. I I came from the I grew up in inner city Detroit for whatever that's worth, um, and I didn't know anybody, right? And I invented myself when I came to California and discovered this industry, and I've worked my way in with some obvious advantages of being a white male who went to Stanford, right? But but I am committed to helping people who don't have networks. That's why I write my books. That's why I do this. And one of the things that we um, this is not a product pitch as much as it is because it is. But I built this specifically, startup director. This is a directory of 3,000 early stage investors that is not free. We have to cover our costs. It's $79 or something, but it's, there's a, it's half price right now, I think, even. But um, we have to cover our costs. It's taken me two years and, and tens of thousands of dollars of my own money to build it. But it was 3,000 investors, and you can search their portfolios, and you can search not just on industry and stage, uh, but on personal characteristics like black, Latinx, LBGTQ, immigrant, veteran, rural, like whatever you are, however you identify, you can hopefully use this tool to find firms that are interested in that. And that can help you leapfrog the lack of personal network, I hope. At least that's why we're trying to do it. So the people who are outsiders can get inside faster and raise money. Okay, I'll, I'll stop talking for a second. <laughs> Is any of that useful? You both look like you're falling asleep, so. No, uh, it's definitely useful. Uh, let me do, like, answer one of your questions. I think sure. one of the people in the comment section is actually talking to you. Okay. Uh, they have the syndicate woman angel investing. Oh, okay. Anna, excellent. Anna, put put the uh, URL in there, please. Uh, what you want to share? Yeah. Share my group. Which one, Abhishek? Tell me which one, and I'll, I'll go through the chat in a second. But go ahead, you guys. Let's just talk between us, the three of us, for a sec. 
Yeah, um, that was very helpful. And thank you, um, Rafi. I do see Damon's gym, and uh, please do connect with me. I'm trying to figure out how to send my contact information or, or even my, my phone number through the chat, but I'll, I'll do that by the end of the uh, session. But um, yeah, I just started um, with the friends and family. You're right on point, Scott, because friends and family was very successful. Um, now it's reaching outside of that circle, that immediate circle. And I need to find out, I, I just saw this net, um, company that allows you to send like personalized videos. And, you know, I'm just trying to find the best way to approach you. Like, how do I, yeah. how customize, how do I customize these outreach? Right. To be efficient, uh, actually and that's getting into Brad's question. Yeah, and it's a great question. Well, let's cover that in a minute as well. I have some thoughts on that. I have thoughts on everything. You'll, if you get to know me, you'll see. <laughs> Um, so, um, anything else on that, Rafi, I'll, I'll, or I'll go back to Lenita's question. Um, yeah, I would suggest like targeting people who have already invested in products in your niche, uh, exactly. like to reach out to people who, you know, have something and have funded women before or have uh, focused on baby products before, uh, or, you know, maybe actually like if you have something that's licensable, you could reach out to major manufacturers if you have a patent on that. You could actually reach out to them to try and get a license deal rather than try and build it up yourself. Yeah, that's true too. Um, let me offer this as well. This is the uh, QR code. I don't know if that'll work for you guys, but I started this LinkedIn group exactly for this purpose. So if Lenita or Anna, you, you guys want to connect, this, maybe you guys both go in there and you can find each other because it's really hard for me to do the copying and pasting <laughs> while I'm doing this. So if you guys join that group. I am part of that group. I just oh, okay. earlier today. So oh, great. Okay. I look for, I look for Anna. And, uh, great. Yeah, yeah. Do that. That's a good start then. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about cold emails for a second then. So uh, let's bring Brad back on. And because that's overlapping your question about the video there. And Rafi, let, happy to meet you. Let's keep going. And I'm going to take you off and let Brad come on. Um, okay. So... Let's see, how do I unshare that? Um, okay, so Brad, you, so you're interested in cold emails, and it sounds like, um, like Lenita is as well. So uh, here's my take on cold emails, and, and jump in if I'm, if I'm off base. Um, you don't want to do cold emails if you can help it. No surprise, right? So you're grasping at ways to make them warmer. The best way to make them warmer is not to make them longer, it's to make them more targeted. So rather than sending out 100 emails to people you barely know, I would send five to people that you have really researched. So it's the same answer as I had a minute ago. Whatever amount of time you're spending on outreach versus, I can't see my hand, sorry. Change the ratio basically, right? So a lot more time on research so that when you write, it can be a three or five line thing, just quick, but it's, hi, I'm Scott. I see you invest in this. I have a company that does this. We're growing like this. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, and by the way, I also went to the University of Michigan, and I think that uh, whatever, you know, I, we're both going to vote for President Biden next time, or whatever you can find that's in common, right? Figure out who they are, because everybody wants to feel personal, right? And I, I get dozens of cold emails a day, and I, I just, even if I'm trying to help, I can't, right? So the only ones that are going to rise to the top are the ones that are more personal. And video is a clever way to do that. I just don't know. Would I click on a random video? Probably not. I just get too much junk, and people are so suspicious of random links these days. I, I, it would depend a lot on the tech for me, um, but th that would be my thoughts. Um, Brad, is that helpful, or 
on the right track, or do you want to get more specific? Uh, yes, no, that's, in the research that I'm doing, that's, that's definitely following the line. Would you include a, would you include an attachment, like a deck? Because so, it's like a 50-50 on the yeah. research and what people are saying. If I include a deck, don't include a deck. Yeah, I, I don't know that there's a, like you said, a 50-50. I mean, why not include a deck, right? As long as it's not like 50 megabytes and you bomb their, you know, inbox. Right. Um, yeah. Well, what I would include maybe more is some kind of teaser. Remember, the, 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 the whole point is just to get a meeting, right? You're not trying yeah. to get them to invest. They're not going to invest in one email, right? So whatever you can do to make that email interesting, you know, there are certainly, back when in my younger days, I was in sales and biz dev, and you do stuff, you know, think outside the box. It doesn't have to be an email. If you think they're the one, send them flowers. I mean, seriously, right? You send them flowers. Or, or fax them something. Nobody gets faxes anymore. They'd be like, what the hell is that, <laughs> right? Like, get their attention. That's the game, right? And with something reasonable, not just something spammy, but you've done the research, right? Hey, we went to the same school, or I see you had some great success. You know who's really great? Sorry, I meant to say this earlier to Rafi as well. It's not just finding people who invest in your area, but find people who invested in your area and had an exit, particularly former founders. Why? Because no. they've got some money. They had some uh, success, and they probably want to do it again, right? They're the perfect target, right? A founder in your space who's exited is an excellent target. And uh, if you send them something personal, and it might even be flowers, don't stalk anybody, right? But, you know, in a business professional way, be like, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. Or here's a great book I read, you know, I think you'd like this or whatever, you know. Just pounding out emails is not the way to win anymore. There's just too much noise yeah. in the space. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Good to see you. Good to see you, Lenine. Nice to meet you both. Uh, well, I've met Brad before, but nice to meet you, Lenine. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we're going to keep going here. Let's head over to the chat room and pick up some of those uh, chat discussions. Let's see. All right. So, man, we're almost an hour in here already. So um, let's see here. Let me run back through the chat and scoop up anything uh, brilliant that you guys are sharing. And like I said, please do use the chat. Please go ahead and um, share stuff in there. And uh, a startup school. Thank you, Rafi. Uh, well, startup school is a very cool resource, yes, uh, but that's not the one I meant in terms of the co-founder thing. There's another thing, but startup school is, is cool. Um, and Lenid, sorry, I see you're putting your, um, your LinkedIn back there. That's the backstage chat, so only the eight of you who are backstage can see that. You'd have to go over to YouTube or LinkedIn to post it publicly, and then it will show up on screen. Sorry, this is a lot of, a lot of bells and whistles here. Okay, let me just run through some of my uh, commercial notes here. If there, you have friends who are interested in this kind of thing, please tell them to come join us. You can get free membership over at the Startup Council. That means we have a half a dozen different email lists trying to fill these different holes, like events and finding investors or publicity, you know, things that investors need that are not going to be big businesses, but I'm putting my resources to plug holes for you guys. Uh, our sponsor is Cake Equity, which is a great company. I don't think I mentioned earlier that there's a 20% off. If you're looking to set up a stock option plan or you need help managing your cap table, especially across borders, I know a lot of you are here from outside the United States. These guys are actually based in Australia, uh, but you can get 20% off their services with that code. Uh, sorry, I'm just running through my, you can comment there. Oh, there's the link for, oh, and there's the code. There you go. SID launch. That will get you a deal on that startup investors directory. Uh, this one that I was talking about, sorry, that's a deal there. 
this is not, and I just have to repeat this again. This is, I'm just some guy you met on the internet, did not rely on this advice. Talk to your own advisors. Every situation is different. I'm not a registered financial advisor these days, and we are sharing this worldwide, and happy to say hello if you'd like to on LinkedIn, and what else? Good Lord. Lots of stuff to do here. Um, yes, please like and subscribe. Actually, that's a big one. I do this because I'm trying to help, and um, if we can get more people to watch, then we can help more people, especially I focus on underrepresented founders, uh, female, uh, African-American, minorities of any sort, immigrants. Like, if we can help, the fruits of this revolution need to be shared more widely, which is why I do this, why I write these, sorry, those books, um, why I speak at conferences all over the world. Those of us who have done well in Silicon Valley need to do a better job of sharing that relationship and information. So uh, please like and comment and post photos and all that nonsense. Uh, it really drives the algorithms and it's free. Uh, and then we can all help each other more. All right, now I'm gonna run back to the chat as promised. Okay, so where did I get here? Maryland, London. Um, Let's see, Sandy, you want to connect? Yes, I just put up my URL, or um, you can't message me, no, but you can connect. Uh, send a connection, and if you say who you are, I'll connect with you, and then you can message me for free. You don't have to pay for premium. That's silly. Uh, let's see, uh, did, did we did that, we did that, we did that. Um, dialing in from Australia. Hi, Padma, nice to meet you. I was just in Australia literally on Saturday. <laughs> I'm not sure what time zone I'm in right now. I <laughs> um, was down in Melbourne. Beautiful city there, and um, okay, this one, all right, and then back here, and then hi, hi, hi from folks, and okay, working with a startup that is constrained in a go-to market, what do I got here, Max says, based on regulator considerations as opposed to technical or product market fit issues, regulator, regulatory considerations, yeah. Okay, yeah, I understand, Max. I'm not sure what the question is. So, um, I, sorry, I'm going to keep moving on here. Sounds challenging. <laughs> Find some people that know the regulatory. I, mean, I would really talk to lawyers. They're expensive, but um, please share some details about GEC 2023. Okay, sure, Andre. Um, this, is the, this is where I was just in Australia, like I said. Uh, Global Entrepreneurship Congress this is a great organization, especially if you're outside the U.S. They seem to serve mostly uh, founders in other countries. So they're in like 200 countries or something. We had 2,000, 3,000 people there from all over the world. And I was speaking about how to bring, how non-U.S. companies can raise money here in the States. And um, it was fascinating. Uh, so you can go to a, a Global Entrepreneurship Network. I think it's just gen.org, actually. And there are photos on my LinkedIn, actually, if you want to see. We have lots of amazing uh, people and uh, opportunities there. Does geographic uh, location matter uh, up here in Seattle? You know, it does uh, traditionally, but not as much anymore. If you have a good deal, uh, investors are much more comfortable doing deals on Zoom. It's one of the few good things that have come out of the pandemic. But of course, it will be easier with local people, and that's because of the know, like, and trust thing we were talking about earlier. If people know you and trust you, uh, they're more likely to invest and they're more likely to do that if they have met you face to face and they can come by and visit your office and, you know, feel like they have some idea of what's happening in your business. Here's a good one from Wildfire Western States, Wildland Firefighting Product. I have a lead investor. So lead investor. So, okay, so this is, this is a challenge for everybody. This is one of those cases my next book is going to be about how to raise money. 
because this is one of those things that comes up. People tell you they want a lead investor. It may be because they want a lead investor. It's more likely they're saying no. And I know that's hard to hear, but they're saying no. Anything that isn't money in the bank is a no. So if they're saying they want a lead investor, there's something wrong. And I don't know you, I'm not trying to offend you, but nobody else is going to tell you this. There's something wrong. So I don't know if it's your presentation, it's your team, it's your market size. I mean, it could be a million things, right? It might be your haircut. Who knows? <laughs> um, and it's not fair, but I don't know what it is. But if they're always insisting on a lead investor, it's three quarters that they're just saying no. Now, so you need to think about it or, or try to dig more nicely, you know, back channel off the record. Why? Right? Now, there is a quarter, a third, even a half of investors insist on a lead investor. And that is true for two reasons. One is that it might be their mandate, right? Some people, you know, funds are based on money that they raise from other people. So it's not their own money. So they have rules they have to follow. A lot of times those funds are given to them on the premise that they find a lead investor who's even smarter or more connected so that they can say, you know, well, Kleiner Perkins invested, Sequoia was in on this deal. And therefore, you know, it's an extra buffer. So yes, that is true. That does happen. Uh, the other thing is that if there's a lead investor, it's a lot easier for us because they probably did all the due diligence already. So it might be an issue around your due diligence. You might suggest or ask, you know, is it a question, you know, about our data room? Do we not have enough information in the due diligence, making available for due diligence in our data room? Those kind of things. But the fact is, so a lot of that, though, you can clear it with prior research. Again, back to the research. Do they lead rounds? A lot of investors will tell you, do they lead rounds or not? That's actually literally a field we have uh, on the startup investors directory. I'm, I'm sorry to keep pushing this, but that's why I built this. That kind of information is really hard to find, so we're trying to put it all in one place for you. So do they lead rounds? If it says no, then maybe they really don't, in which case uh, then you need to go find somebody who does. That's the answer. So my answer is three quarters, they're saying no, and you need to figure out why. And one quarter, maybe it's legit, you need to go find a lead investor. That, that's all there is to it, um, unfortunately. Okay, um, let's see, keeping going here. We did that one from Mark, and... Let's see, this is interesting. Sal chimes in here with a little legal note. Make sure you have contingencies when they sign a contract. Have your lawyer make one that protects you from someone who will just sign and not do anything to move the business forward. This is, sounds like Sal's been around the block because this is true. It is more common than you think or than it should be that you'll spend a lot of time negotiating a deal and then the person will sign it and then sit on their ass. <laughs> and this especially happens with co-founders or advisors who promise you the world and all they're really trying to do is get a piece of your company. And then they don't move forward. So that's why you need vesting over time and milestones. And having good attorneys is a great suggestion. Good attorneys are expensive, unfortunately. If any of you need attorney referrals in the startup space, uh, you can contact us through the Startup Council website. And I, we have a lot of attorneys who are sponsors and, and friends who are good and also who specialize in startups. One of the biggest mistakes you can make is having a lawyer, but it's like your cousin who does car accidents or your brother-in-law who, who is the divorce attorney or something, right? Those people don't do startups all day, every day. If you're serious about this, you need somebody who really knows the game. This is a fast-moving, fast-paced game with a lot of money at stake. So real companies have real lawyers. And like I said, if we can help you with a referral there, we're happy to. What would be, um, let's see, let's be free. Isuru, hello, Isuru. 
what would be the ideal percentage of shares to offer at the beginning? We were, this is in reference to our conversation about founders, co-founders, I think. It really depends. Uh, you need to talk about who's doing what in terms of duties. Something less than half, if you're really the founder. Um, if they're doing half the work, then half, right? If they're doing only a little, then a little. It, there's no right answer there. It really is a question of how much are they going to contribute over time and how much control are you going to want to maintain? And it uh, gets into, it's first a relationship issue, then a negotiation issue, and then a legal issue where you should have attorneys involved. All right. Let me, uh, let's see. Let's go back to, we got a lot of people here today. This is awesome. Let's go back to some of our on-camera folks so that uh, we keep moving here. So we also had, let's see, we did Lumita. Let's see, we still got Roderick to talk to. We talked to Madad, talked to Brad and Rafi, and then Andre wanted to do pitch practice. Okay, so let's see. Roderick, Roderick, if you're still around, you can turn on your camera. We can talk about traction, and then we can talk about growth with Nicholas and Fabio as well and that sounds like a pretty good pretty good agenda there he is hey Roderick <laughs> so um so where do you live you're, you're here in Southern California it seems like are you around here uh, you're muted yes there I'm here in LA actually okay in LA okay cool all right. Um, so let's, let's remind everybody what your question was about traction. And you said you'd talked to six investors, I think. Yeah, uh, five technically. Uh, okay. Just looked at it actually. So I've, talk, I've spoken with five investors. Well, I picked five investors over the past two months. And of course, the the the, the theme has been uh, come back to them once I have traction because right. I said they do have interest. Right. But at this point, they uh, you know everything is about risk, and they just want me to have traction. Yeah. So, so the question is, what is considered to be enough traction? Because I don't want to go back to them until I feel I have enough traction. My yeah. web app MVP is not launching until March of 2024. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a tough question, and there's no clear answer, right? The um, First, I have to say, this is another way investors sometimes say no, so be careful. I've had um, I've had founders, companies that I've advised that they get answers like that, especially folks, I don't know your background, but a lot, especially people who are engineers, they like binary answers. Like, and I had this company where the founder's an engineer, great guy, brilliant product, and the investors kept saying, well, we need you to do this. And so he did that, and then he come back. Now invest. Like, oh, well, we need you to do this. We need you to do this. We need, and they kept moving the goalposts, right? If they're not mm-hmm. saying yes, they're saying no. So there's a chance that they're just bullshitting you to be as your friend. <laughs> I'm telling you, right? You, you got to be really careful because investors never really clearly say no. So just be careful about how seriously you take their answers and how high you jump to do whatever it is, right? And this is for everybody, not just you, but it, but this happens. Investors always, you know, they see enough to be interesting and they don't want to say no just in case later they can get a little piece. And that's their job, unfortunately, but it's at cross purposes with being honest, which is unfortunate. So that aside, let's presume they do have traction interest. Um, of course, you can also look at the investment thesis of those funds. Most funds, are these uh, VC funds or are they angel investors or what, what kind of folks are they? One is that I met with, got, with a guy on Friday who's part of an angel investment fund. Okay. How I got in contact with him is uh, through a mutual uh, friend mm-hmm. who actually is very close to him. So he looked at the pitch deck and he wanted to speak with me after he saw the pitch deck and hear the pitch. That's good. So I didn't pitch him, but he told me that he's more in the health field. 
Mm-hmm. So I knew that going into it, but he said he's very interested in helping me because he felt like I do have something. Mm-hmm. So he told me to definitely contact him when I have the traction. Okay. And then he can uh, help me navigate through things. Okay. Well, that if you take that at face value, that sounds awesome. And there are certainly people that will do that. My job today, I think, is to be the skeptic. That's also the perfect setup for him charging you or taking a piece of your company later once he thinks he can make money off you, right? So I don't know the man, uh, but just be careful, right? This is exactly what Alanita was talking about earlier, like people charging you fees for stuff, and they're just kind of waiting until you get a little fatter, <laughs> you know, and then they can squeeze you. <laughs> so so just be careful, and I, I wish him the best, and I let's presume good motives. Because um, there are those of us who have them and there are others who don't, right? I can tell you stories, but we won't do that right now. Um, so I guess my question was, so in that case, it doesn't apply. But if it's a VC firm, you can usually look at their website and they'll say something like, we do lead rounds or we don't, or we invest pre-revenue or we don't, or, you know, something about their thesis. And if it says, for example, we lead rounds and we invest at the pre-seed, pre-revenue stage, and he's still telling you that, then there's a mismatch. That's really a no, Right. So, but if it says we really only do series B, then you're kind of a long ways from that. It's probably not worth your time anyway, right? So this is, again, the research piece, like qualifying investors. It's really exciting to meet anybody who claims to be able to write a check, but it's, there's only a certain amount of people that actually fit where you are in your life cycle, your industry, your growth pattern and all that, and that research is critical. Okay, so let's talk more about, so that's all preamble, really, but let's talk about the traction itself. So how much traction is enough? Depends, 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 right, on the industry, et cetera, et cetera. The trick for a founder and the opportunity, really, is how do you demonstrate traction when you don't have any? I think that's really your question, right? Like, I don't have any traction. What do I do, right? Because you haven't even launched yet. So it's your job and your opportunity as founders, everybody, not just Roderick here, but how can you not fake it but um, create traction, the evidence of traction, when you don't actually have sales. Because the real traction they want, of course, is sales, and ideally profitable sales that are growing like crazy. And you're a long way from that. So what do you do now? Well, you kind of make it up. Investors eat numbers. We eat numbers. And we need to see spreadsheets and growth rates and data that somehow justifies the fact that, like, hey, we had lunch. I like Roderick. I think he has something. But I can't justify this to my partners or my spouse or whoever, you know, controls the checkbook in my operation without some numbers. So you've got to create numbers. So how can you create numbers? Well, um, it could be anything. And any numbers are better than no numbers. Um, and, and I'm guessing at the moment you don't you probably have any numbers. Um, so let me keep going. Is this helpful? Am I on the right track here? Oh, no. Correct. Okay. Okay. So how do you find some numbers? Well, um, the best numbers are those from customers. So how many customers are, uh, have bought and paid and recurring, right? You don't have that yet. Okay, so how many customers have you talked to? And how many of those are interested? Okay, so I ran a survey, or I, I spent three weeks on the phone. I talked to 100 customers, and 83 of them were interested. And those 83 were interested at a price point of whatever is appropriate in your market, right? Um, and uh, I also qualified that they have budgets. Like uh, half of them had a budget for this that was unspent, right? To ask the questions, think about if you were buying this as an investor, buying into your company. Like what would prove to me that it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to. It's something about customers probably, right? So you could put up ads on LinkedIn or Google and say, hey, do you like XYZ widgets? And just see how many clicks you got, 
you say, well, I spent $200 on Google and I got whatever, 37 click, 37% click through. That was probably not accurate. Three, <laughs> 3% 3 click through. Yeah. Yeah. 3% click through, you know, and, and 14 signups to our mailing list. And that suggests that if I had, you know, $10,000 to do that, I would have these many people on our waiting list or this kind of idea, right? I went on 14 podcasts and talked about it and I created this many people on our mailing list that are waiting for the sign up and the launch. Like, you see what I'm doing? I'm just like making up stuff. I went to a conference and I handed out a thousand business cards and 47 people called me. Like something that shows somebody, what they're really asking when they're asking about traction. Of course, again, they'd like money and profits, recurring profits. But if you don't have that, then it, what they're really looking for is just saying, is there anybody out there other than you that believe this? That's what they're asking, right? Or is this just, uh, uh, you know, Roderick in his head? And, and that's a good start, but we need more than that, right? Because nobody, everybody has a boss. Like even I am an angel investor. I write my own checks, but I still, you know, I got to think about my wife and my kids and our retirement, you know, like, so everybody's got checks and balances. Nobody's just writing checks, right? Despite what they do on Shark Tank, right? Um, so what they're really asking is, who have you convinced? That's what traction comes down to. Who have you convinced that will pay for this? And I would work backwards from that and run some small tests they can collect some data, they give you metrics. And I don't know what those might be exactly, but I gave you some examples. Maybe people in the chat room, uh, folks, please chime in there um, uh, if you uh, have ideas here or, 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 or corrections, right? I'm not perfect. I might have said something stupid. It happens all the time. <laughs> so anyway, is that helpful? No, it is. And let me ask you one last question, your thoughts on this as well. So uh, when I had that meeting on Friday, it made me think about this. Uh, so I have access to a lot of celebrities. So one of the things I've thought about doing since I have access to Shaquille O'Neal, and I've met him a few years ago about actually business. Nice. I was thinking about bringing him on as maybe like a 10% equity partner. Do you think that makes a difference when you're meeting with investors? So, for instance, my web app launches next year, and I started getting a little bit of traction. Uh-huh. But I also have Shaquille O'Neal on board uh, at the 10% equity stake in my company. Do you think that's something that would help or should I avoid that? Well, I think it will help um, for sure. I don't know if 10% is the right number, but um, it might take a lot more than that to get Shaq interested. But that's, you know, that's between you and him. I think it would be uh, interesting in a couple ways. So I'll qualify that. One, it would be tremendously differentiating on the last topic that we talked about uh, with Lunid and Rafi about how do you, and, and uh, Brad, about how do you get an investor's attention? If you, you know, email ends in my inbox, it says, hi, I'm partners with Shaquille O'Neal, and, you know, he and I would like to have lunch with you on Thursday. I'm like, okay, well, that's an email I'm going to read, <laughs> right? And that's a big deal, right? To get people's attention is half the game, maybe more. So that's a thing. Um, what I would be careful, though, is, you know, is he there just for window dressing, or is there some go-to-market plan, right? So, again, numbers. So Shaquille O'Neal, cool. I totally get the brand name, and especially I, I don't know what your app does, and we probably don't have time to get into it, but ideally there's some connection with him personally. He isn't just a name, right? But also that there's some numbers. Like he has you know, this many Instagram followers or this much, you know, he's going to be on TV 14 times this fall hosting this show or, you know, something that can you can, again, numbers, 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 right? So Shaq's my best friend. He's an investor. Cool. What does that mean in terms of numbers? How many impressions are you going to get? What do you think that that can drive in terms of adoption? What will that lead to in terms of revenue? That's what we want to see. So it's way better than zero because then you're just another email, you know, some random guy with an app. But 
this is Shaq's app. Cool. Like now I'm interested, but what next, right? What is that? What's in it for me, I guess, is what it boils down to. And if you can connect those dots, then it might be worth 10%. But that means, of course, getting a deal from Shaq and you want that in writing. He's going to promote this this many times on Instagram or he's going to this many times on the year. What's he going to do, right? And he's like a co-founder at that point. So back to somebody's point earlier, you've got to get lawyers and document that stuff because that's a perfect example. I don't know Shaq. I'm, I'm sure he's much more honorable than that. But that's the kind of thing where people will say, sure, I'll take 10% of your company and they're not doing anything, right? So it's a two-way street. Um, but interesting. Well, that's a great differentiator. Sure. Absolutely. Differentiation is really key these days. I think that's, if you know celebrities, that's a big one. And a lot of, you know, honestly, a lot of investors are nerds. So that's a great angle. <laughs> They'd love to view a celebrity. Yeah, I was wondering that because the guy, the angel investor I met with on Friday, um, he knows that I'm connected. Because I'm an actor. So I started off as an actor. That's how this, my idea came about. So okay. being an actor over the years, of course, I've met so many people. Sure. And so uh, after I met with him on Friday, I thought to myself, you know what, maybe I should try to bring in one of these celebrities that I know. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, like what you said, maybe that would differentiate me once I started getting a little bit of traction on yeah. my uh, platform. Yeah, that, that could make a difference. I, I think that's a great idea. Okay, yeah. perfect. That's good to know. I'm yeah. glad to know that. Cool. Well, good to see you, man. I hope Thank to you see so you much again. Once again, Scott. You're amazing, man. Yeah, yeah. nice to see you. All right, let's bring on our next, so we're going to go to Nicholas, and let's see, there's Nicholas, and then, hello, Nicholas. So do you want to bring on Fabio as well? Are you guys a team? Is that the idea? Yes, we can, but Okay, his camera's off. Fabio, if you want to join us, you're welcome to do that as well. Okay. He was trying to turn the camera on, but I think that's complex and Okay. we're not able to do so. All right, no worries. Um, and let me just quick, uh, if anybody wants to pitch, um, Andre, I don't know if you're still here, but we can do some pitches in a couple minutes. I'll, we'll take this question, and then I'll do a little bit from the chat room, and then we'll, um, let's see. Yeah, Andre's here, so we'll do his pitch uh, in a couple minutes here. Okay, so if anybody else wants to pitch, let me know. And um, for, okay, like Wayne, I don't know, Wayne, you showed up backstage. I don't know what you want to talk about or um you said hello but maybe you can type in the backstage chat there wayne what what what's on your mind <laughs> and we'll get to you in a couple minutes okay nicholas go ahead sorry well um i have been hearing some some of the tips that you are sharing with people and i think it's connected we can connect very very well with the, our orientation around here it's not everybody that has straight access to ship with you it's kind of complicated. So um, your example is to be to have the calling somewhere and then moving on to another place. It's uh, exactly what I was thinking about when I uh, talked about growth. Um, uh, we'll just to ver- do a very quick sum of our our our, our job. We do a solution for the business administrator. Uh, it means that we are trying to connect with. Uh, technology people, industry, technology companies, and we are thinking about how can we grow, or how can we grow on the on building on this network. Um, I'm in Vancouver, you have a pretty speaking, and we are we are proceeding, we are looking for um, partners all over North America. So it's maybe not a geographic problem. Uh, just how how can we how can we find the right partners. You, you, you do some very good things uh, about 
building connections, about building relationships, to go narrowing, to go uh, more more research than speech itself, more research than, than trying to do connect differentiate. Mm-hmm. And that that helped a lot. Uh, we're still thinking about how can we put that in practice as we are seeking for something like, well, differentiation is kind of uh, it's, uh, something that we might have. Also, uh, it feels like we are missing something when you have so much of a good product already launched and so much to understand that this is a breakthrough. This is something really important for the industry. Mm-hmm. And also, we still not getting the traction that we are thinking about. How can we connect with people to to have a, a skyrocket launch? Who are the uh, who, are, who are the specific customers that you would like to work with? Um, the the tool itself is a database administrators tool, so it means for uh, Microsoft SQL database administrators. Okay. So my many service providers. Um, Database administrators them themselves, companies that have large database uh, mm-hmm. environments, mm-hmm. they want to they want to uh, their business. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not so, that wide. Yeah. So no, it's good. It, it's fairly specific. There are a lot of companies yeah. that do this though, and I can't say that I'm an expert at enterprise sales. Um, so I would think you could spend some time on YouTube and probably or Google and find some really good information here. I'm more about um, startup fundraising, but I have a background in business development, so I, I maybe I'll share a couple thoughts, see if these are useful. So yeah, you heard me. It sounds like about uh, niching down and targeting, you know, doing the research first. That that's really critical. The the other piece is that there because. That's a very established sales channel, right? Database administrators implementing SQL. There's a lot of people that do that. The obvious way is to hire somebody that knows that stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, mean, I don't know how much money you have, but there are people that have relationships doing that for decades, right? Um, if that's not an option, then I kind of put this world into kind of two buckets. This is sales versus business development. Um, and sales is the one-on-one contact, you or your salesperson to the customer, right? And that may not be the database administrator themselves. It's it's the person that controls the budget for the training and the tools of those database administrators. So figuring out who those people are is where your research goes, right? You don't want to go too high because they don't care. You know, too low, they don't have the budget, right? So finding those people in a large organization, that becomes what I call business development. And then um, that's a real trick, um, especially in a large corporation. So I guess... I would be segmenting your market into whether you want to work with startups or small, medium enterprises or large enterprises. And then, of course, you've got the government, which is like its whole other thing, right? Uh, much more complicated. Or education or healthcare. Those are kind of their own worlds, really. Um, I would be thinking about if you can't hire somebody that knows this stuff already, I would be spending a bunch of time, honestly, at conferences. And I would really look at associations. There are probably associations of database administrators and conferences and conventions where a bunch of those people come at once. And just like you heard me say, I experienced this last week in Australia, with thousands of people with similar interests. It's really exciting just personally to be in that kind of environment. But it also, it's really easy to not even so much sell, but to build relationships, right? You go out for drinks and have dinners with people, and there are, if everybody in the room is a database administrator, it's going to kind of come up naturally. And doing a bunch of that uh, is is the way that I've built some businesses. 
specifically if you can find not, like I said, not the end user or even maybe the individual budget person, but like the VP or the CFO, the person who controls the whole budget on the tech side or the CTO, somebody who recommends those purchases with purchasing authority, like identifying those people before you go to an event and then seeing if you, especially if you can speak or be on a panel with them, going and shaking hands and making friends, uh, you can shave months or years off the sales process. So that that's pretty obvious, at least to me, but I don't, is that helpful? <laughs> Is that helpful? I think it connects very well with uh, the other things that you were talking about, marrying the search with the niches that you are looking for. We are already working on that. Um, I, I just felt connected when, when you thought that you were not born and you really today, you know, where you do business today, mm -hmm. because I'm not born here. So, uh, yes. so I, I feel pretty much basically the same, that uh -huh. uh, we need to build a whole uh, network from scratch. All yeah. over again. And well, that's my point, yeah. though, is if you do this, there is a network. Like, find the networks that are out there. That's what I'm saying, actually. There are networks. You're just not in them yet. So go find yeah. them, right? Like, go on Reddit and find the database administrators. I mean, there's got to be a huge active Reddit for that, right? And then find out what conferences they go to or what online forums they participate in off of Reddit, right? Um, and, and go become a part of those communities. Uh, another great tool is to go on podcasts, for example. I don't know how many podcasts there are for DBAs, but there probably are a few or a couple blogs, right? And, and this is more content marketing, but like go get interviewed or, or um, get some articles published that demonstrate your expertise or you know, worse comes to worse, start your own podcast or your YouTube channel, right? Is there a YouTube channel where you can be educational to these people and they come to you? And this is my, now we're talking, this is my second book. Uh, this one, uh, E-Riches 2.0, we talk a lot about using social media for, um, for this kind of stuff, affinity marketing and, and building communities. Um, but that's the point. There are networks. Just go find them. Don't try to build your own. That's too much work. You just got to go in there, you know, and, and find if you have even a limited budget. It's amazing the number of events that are desperate for sponsors. So if you can even, like, you know, go to a big, you know, Comdex sort of thing, it'll be like $100,000. It's probably outside your budget. But if you go to some smaller regional things and you say, hey, um, I've got $500, can we be a sponsor? They probably will say, yeah. And they say, well, could I be a speaker too? They'll probably say, yeah. I mean, or not. But at least, you, you know, at least you're having a conversation with the right person. <laughs> and then you, you work your way into the network that way. No, fine. I'll I'll love to have the, some more conversation with you if it's possible to have a one-on-one. -on -one <laughs> so, uh, sure. This is amazing. I I think it's pretty much connected with uh, what we are doing, but you know, way more clear in some sense. Sure. But um, you already gave so many key things. Okay. The people all this is a good case. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Nicholas. Yeah. Let me let me put up this uh, Chiron here because this is. Um, this is a page people always ask me to invest personally or they want to talk more to me and I'd be happy to. I just don't have that many hours in the day. So this page on scottfox.com has a list of the angel groups I'm involved in that you could pitch if you're interested. It, there's also a link to the workshops that I run and there's even private coaching calls that you can buy. I'm sorry I have to charge for my time, but I, I do do this occasionally. Um, if you've got a few hundred bucks, I, you know, I'll take time out and I'd be happy to talk to you. I, I, I do this to help. I just can't do it all. <laughs> so, Amazing. If that's Amazing. useful. And people are there that want to, to join for a conversation with a lot of partnership over here. Great. Thank you. Scott. All right. Nice to meet you. 
Uh, that's our friend Andre. And speaking of that, again, uh, the cheaper way to do this, because I'm really not trying to make money off you guys, is to share this again. Uh, come on. These buttons are so little. There we go. There's that QR code. That's that LinkedIn group. I'm just trying to get everybody together, and we can all help each other. Uh, free, because <laughs> there's just not enough me to do phone calls with everybody. So if that's useful, hopefully you can scan that QR code or, or link link to me on LinkedIn and, and I can introduce you to. All right. Um, so, and these are the recommendations, like I said, for startup funding. Okay, man, we're running out of time here. So we still have a, at least one pitch to do. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm sorry, I'm just reading through the chat here real quick. See if there's anything uh, that's on fire. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Good. Okay, Wayne. It's not nice. Thanks for those updates. Doesn't sound like you had a specific question, so I'm going to move on to some of the other specific questions, if you don't mind. Let's roll back over here to the chat. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, now it's going to come back on. Sorry, I turned it off. Wrong button. Too many buttons, too, and too many things here. Um, uh, this is the one I wanted, and we're going to – oh, just as a reminder, if you want to watch more of these, there's a whole bunch of these uh, on YouTube. I've been doing this on and off for years, so there's a couple hundred hours of me on YouTube if you want to uh, say hello and uh, soak up some more of this. And let's see. There. Okay, now I'm going to run back to the chat, which is – got to turn that off and turn this on. Okay, so the chat will start appearing again. I'm sorry, it starts over, but I have your past. There we go. There's, um, let's see. Okay. Oh, so this is, okay, I'm going to take that question right now because I think that one from Matt, yes. Yes, Matt, you actually wrote in. So a few people actually sent these in earlier. This is one of the reasons I took Lenita's and Brad's questions, for example, because a few of you emailed in, which is really helpful because I can think about these things beforehand. <laughs> There's an RSVP uh, in the Eventbrite link. I don't know where you saw this, an Eventbrite or Meetup or uh, on a, in our newsletters, whatever. But there's always a link for an RSVP page as well, and then you can send in your questions beforehand. That's really, really helpful to me. So let's going to promote Matt to the front of the line here from Matt from Miami. Um, and he chimed in here, Matt, thank you uh, to remind me. So. Um, Let's put that up there. Well, I guess you guys can see it. So how much to uh, raise in a pre-seed round? So I have a little more detail here because he sent that in. Thank you, Matt. It says, I'm looking for 18 months of financing to cover the costs of a few hires, platform development, marketing, and operating costs. I have a sales projections model built out but need help on determining how much to raise. My startup is live and will be generating 25K a month by the end of the year. Nicely done. That's great. So uh, the question is how What's the best way to calculate how much I need to raise in a pre-seed round? Okay, so how much to raise in a pre-seed or in any round is a challenge, right? So it's a legit question for sure. Pre-seed is especially tough because you don't really have any metrics yet. Like we talked about, investors eat numbers, and we don't have enough metrics to really figure out uh, either what your appetite is or your growth rate, uh, your churn, any of those things that investors like to crunch in their spreadsheets. So what do you do? Well, there's kind of the bottom up and then the top down. Bottom up is what's it going to cost, right? How much are you spending on yourself, your team, any office space, software, computers, travel, benefits, you know, et cetera, et cetera, like how much you actually need. And that's a totally legit way to go. Of course, if you don't have 
any revenue, no investor really wants to write a check for what are essentially sunk costs, right? So that's not real attractive, but at least gives you a ballpark, right? Like if you're burning a million dollars a month, then a $50,000 raise isn't going to make much difference, right? So at least gives you some entry into the game. The other way is kind of top down. You think about the company and you say, well, how much of the company would I give up for how much money? Because that's the reality, right? You're the founder or a co-founding team. Uh, we want to raise, we think, you know, we think the comp- we need like a couple hundred grand here. Okay, so let's call it uh, $250,000. we are going to raise $250,000. So if it's a million, and I'm going to leave it aside pre-money and post-money just for simplicity's sake, like do I want to give up a quarter of the company for 25%? Yeah, hmm, that sounds like a lot. So maybe I think we'll try to say we're worth $2 million. That's Then it's kind of half of that. Well, but I'm going to have to raise several more rounds, right? Because 250 isn't enough to get me all the way to where I need to go, right? I'm probably going to need to do additional rounds. Rule of thumb is that with each financing, a startup founding team, person or team is going to give up, I don't know, 10 to say 20 or 25% of the company each time. So ideally, you're going to raise at increasingly higher valuations and you give up, say, 20% each time. You don't want to do more than three or four rounds because you're going to have nothing left, right? So, so this is all going into your thinking. You probably know this, Matt, but this is the calculation. And this is kind of a long way of both helping everybody else know how to think about this, but also to help you think about it a little more. Like, your bottom, what's your bottom up and what's your top down? I mean, the answer is, frankly, it's usually... Uh, a val- company valuation of, and I don't know your industry, but if we're talking about, say, a software startup these days, if value, early stage valuation is somewhere, or pre-seed, I mean, I don't know, between two and eight million, depending on how much AI you have, basically, right? Um, but, you know, especially if you have a line towards 25 grand a month uh, in a couple months, that's, that's very promising, right? So maybe it's on the higher end of that, say, five million or something. And then you want to give up, say, 10%. Well, that's only hmm, 500,000. Well, that might get you where you need to go. I don't know, right? But this is the kind of calculation that's done. There is no exact formula that I'm aware of because each of those is a set of compounded assumptions, right? The valuation's a made-up number. Your budget's kind of a made-up number. Uh, certainly the revenue is a made-up number. And you're trying to squish all those into an equation where the investor wants to take a bite. And there's no, you know, one plus two equals three sort of straight line on that. So I hope that's helpful, but that is the answer, uh, which is it depends. Uh, Not real helpful, but hopefully that gives you some uh, goalposts to um, figure out the parameters that might help box you in. Uh, Typically, a few hundred grand out of a few million pre-money. That's kind of where people start. Just because, and and there's no real reason for that, except that you want to maintain a good chunk of the company so that you continue to be motivated. And guess what? The investors do too. Right. So if I come in with whatever the amount of money is and I take 90 percent of the company right away, well, it's not likely you're going to stay motivated that long. So that's not in my best interest anyway. Right. So this is a this is a marketplace haggling sort of deal. How much can I get? I want the most I can for the investment I make. You want to give me the least I can for the investment I make. And you got to meet in the middle. Okay. then those are the facts. Okay. Oh, okay. So Matt's still here. That was great. (laughs) Okay, good. If I go out to investors saying I want to raise 500K, do I absolutely need to raise 500 or can I end up raising? Oh, this is great. Thank you, Matt. Great question. This is a big mistake that people, oh, I think it's a mistake. There's no right answers here again, right? I don't have all the answers. So all of you chime in uh, as, as you will on the, in the chat. So 
uh, how firm do you have to be on the ask? Great question. Investors are number people. And a lot of us, I'm more from like, as you heard, kind of like a biz dev, salesy strategy background. A lot of investors, not surprisingly, are CFOs, CFAs, accounting people, right? The numbers, as much as I eat numbers, they want down to the penny, right? And for those people, they really want you to be precise. And if you come in and say, hey, everybody, we want to raise some money. How much? Well, we're not really sure. What kind of valuation? Well, I don't know. We'll negotiate that. They're going to just not pay attention, right? You need to have, again, no exact answer, but you need to have something that's specific enough sounding to get to the next meeting. That's what this is all about, getting to the next meeting, right? So you have to come in sounding sure of yourself like you've thought this out, but you're flexible. That's the key word. And so your question, if I go out to investors saying I want to raise 500K, do I absolutely need to raise 500? No. Can I end up raising 400 or 600? Yes. In fact, if you want 500K, here's what I'd suggest. I would suggest that you look at who you're talking to, what their typical check size is. Again, research, research, research. What their typical check size is, what is likely you'll be able to raise. So you're, say you're shooting for 500. You look at your, the book of uh, you know, uh, contacts you have and likelihood and timing and so forth, and you think, I bet, you know, I bet we could do, pretty sure we could do 250. Because you're not going to bother unless you think there's something going to happen, right? So I'm pretty sure we could do 250. So I'm going to say we're raised, but I want 500, and I'm optimistic I can get 500. So let's say we're going to say 300. Our raise is 300, and here's the qualifications. One, we're flexible. Two, what is the structure? That's the other thing that we want to say. Is it a safe? Is it a convertible note? Is it equity? You need to decide. But again, we're flexible. If this is your first round, you can do some back and forth. But just sound like you know what you're doing. And you walk in and you say, we are looking for $300,000 at a pre-money valuation of $3 million, and we're thinking it's a convertible note. And you sound like you've done your homework, but you actually are not wedded to any of those things until you get into discussions, and that's okay. The, the, the bigger picture thinkers will be like, okay, sounds okay. And the detail-oriented people will be like, okay, $300, 3 million, okay, okay. Why this? Why that? But at least then you'll have the conversation. Right? And that's what you want to need to do. And I skipped over an important piece. You're trying to raise five, but I said only say three. Why? So that you can be oversubscribed. Everybody wants to be part of a winning deal. So even if you know there's five, 500 available and coming, don't say five. Say we're raising three or four or whatever. Say, wow, we we're raising three. We got 400 already. And then send another email the next day. Wow, we're now we're at 450. Well, we're at 500. We've got to stop. We're sorry, we got to stop. we got $500,000. Who knew this was going to be so popular, right? And then everybody in the deal feels really good about it because they're on a hot deal. That's how you do this, okay? So hopefully that's helpful because uh, I've seen this a lot of times. Founders come in either too precise and they say, you know, whatever we want, you know, 700 on a $6.5 million pre-money and it's got to be this and it's got to be that. And, and the investors are like, well, okay, and then the, you waste time renegotiating, uh, or they just get laughed out of the room because you had some of the terms off, right, and you were trying to act like you knew more than you did. So flexible is, is definitely a strategy here. Okay, that was a good one. Matt, thank you again for writing in early. All of you are welcome to write in again early. It's 1.39, my goodness. Okay, I'm going to run through the chat here, and then we're going to do Andre's pitch. Um, 
Okay, let's see. Make sure you have seen that we did that. Da -da -da -da. Um, let's see for businesses. Okay, that's an interesting one. I don't know, but maybe some other folks answer this one. It's showing on the screen here in a moment. Here it comes from Tichawana. For a business which has a public benefit in corporate services, what will be the best entity to incorporate? So if you're talking about a public benefit corporation, that's a specific, um, a specific legal structure. So you would use that structure. If you want to raise venture capital money, you need to use a Delaware C corporation. I'm not sure those two will jive. Right? I'm not, and I'm, I'm literally not sure. I don't know. Like public benefit corps are a new thing, a new enough that I don't uh, know quite how they work. But VC-backed companies are Delaware C corps, and that's what you would want to be doing. Um, well, Lenny, do you want to pitch too? Okay, so we'll do two of those um, in a minute here. All right, uh, let's see. I've recently heard someone say the best. Oh, we did that one. Okay, sorry. Hang on. All right, we're going to go a little faster now. We did that. did that. Uh, well, that's an easy one. Let's do this. Is there a red flag level of salary? Yes, too much. What does that mean? I don't know, but it's too much. <laughs> so you can support yourself, but investors don't like the idea of paying your salary and certainly not a generous salary. I don't know why. It's not fair, but it's reality. Investors want you to work hard and maybe starve and put everything into the company. That's just how it is. So I would pay yourself at most whatever, I don't know what the cost of living is wherever you are, Pierce, uh, you know, maybe five or eight grand a month at most and really look like you are putting your sweat equity into it. And um, investors are going to insist on that. So uh, red flag is anything more than they think is too much. Sorry, I don't know exactly what that means. Be careful. A quick side note on that. My first company, I almost bankrupted myself, and I didn't pay myself much, and I didn't pay my uh, benefits. So be careful. It's not just salary, especially if you're a person who has a family or children and so forth. You've got to factor in you know, health care and things like that as well. So there's multiple categories there to think about. Carol says, how important is it to have an MBA to increase your chances of startup? Is it all about network, which top MBA programs provide? That, I, I don't think it's important to have an MBA at all. Uh, most founders, I don't think, that's interesting. I don't know. Somebody could probably, they've probably done studies on this. My impression is most founders don't have MBAs. They're more hustlers. Uh, they might have a solid business background, and then they surround themselves with MBAs. But um, maybe in Silicon Valley they do these days. I mean, if you come out of Stanford, but a lot of the Stanford folks, I mean, I went to Stanford. A lot of us end up, you know, in consulting or banking or other things. So I, I don't know. Um, in terms of the network, if that's what you're really asking about, the network is critical. So any way you can get a network is fine. I don't think you need to spend a couple hundred grand in a couple of years to get one from one of those top schools, though. You could do that a lot of different ways, getting involved in organizations or, or just starting a, a company and seeing how it goes. And you meet a lot of people as an early stage founder because you're out hustling, right? It's the hustle more than the degree, I think. Of course, having where I think the MBA can help is having you look more impressive on paper to potential investors and, and uh, employees who you know, want to be hired by your company and that kind of stuff. Um, okay, Wade Smith. Okay, okay so there's, uh, hello, Wade. Thank you for answering some of the questions in here. That sounds good. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, Prathika, let's put that up. Now, I'm sure people in the chat room have answers for this. Prathika, how do you improve your business acumen without getting an MBA? There are lots and lots of programs online. One of them was mentioned earlier, Y Combinator has a startup school. There are many videos online. Like I said, you can listen to 100 hours of me talking about this. If you think that'll help, you're welcome to do that. There are many, many uh, opportunities out there and many incubator programs. I would especially look, uh, Prathika, uh, it looks like from your picture that you're female. There are female-focused incubators and accelerators. I don't know where you live, but I'd look in your local geography as well. And even MBA programs and universities in your area, you don't have to necessarily go and get the degree. Maybe you can just sit in on the classes or they have a summer class or an abbreviated class. There's lots of ways to uh, slice that, and I would encourage you to do that. Read my books. Hey, there's another idea. <laughs> Read my books. Um, okay. Da, 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 da. Is the startup investor directory U.S. focused or is it global? Padma, good question. It is primarily U.S. focused at this point. We're open to adding uh, non-U.S. investors as well. That's primarily because the U.S. has the most investors, and that's where most of the VC money is. Certainly open to expanding that if you have ideas about that or investors. And investors are welcome to add themselves, too. If any of you are investors today, go ahead. You can sign up and, and post your um, post your profile there and attract deal flow in very specific ways. Like I said, we have 40-plus different categories that you can search on, uh, founders and investors. Um, at, uh, this is at, at startupdirectory.com. Actually, for those of you who are founders, you can post on this one. This is the same thing, but in reverse. This is where you founders can come list yourself, and you can list yourself as a black founder or as a veteran or a rural founder or immigrant or first-time founder, all that. So I'm trying to fill in these gaps, like I said. Okay. Um, da, da, da. Okay, this is an interesting one, and then we're going to move on to pitches here. Osman says, what would be a good prompt for searching people in your niche? For example, his mission statement is transforming landfills into food forests on Google and search recycling investors in local city. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, I think I would be doing uh, that on LinkedIn, though, not Google. Well, both, right? LinkedIn is where the professionals are, and you can find the keywords like that. I would really look, like I said, in a different context a few minutes ago um, to, who was that, to Nicholas, I think, about associations. Find the associations that support this kind of thing. You can find the people on their board and the volunteers that staff that organization, and they're going to know a lot of people. Those are real nerve centers, and that could be a good way for you to um, – connect with folks in that niche. Okay. Uh, when will founding pick up? Yeah, I think so. Next year, hopefully. Uh, let's see. Are 80-plus-year-old founders an underrepresented class? Yes, Kirk. <laughs> I think that's right. That's right. We need more of them, though. Okay. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. In, okay. Okay, this is a good one. Dalmum, if investors say we need to raise funds for our firm, also be a no, or we don't invest in early stage companies, but I'll throw this to my partners, also a no, or could they be telling the truth? Well, it doesn't matter whether they're telling the truth. Either way, they're saying no, right? Founders don't want to hear no, but sometimes you need to. So if we need to raise funds for our firm, then they are like a year or two away from investing in anything. I would not waste your time. I mean, be friends and build the relationship, right? But in terms of thinking you're going to get a check, don't hold your breath, man. Move on. That's just like a n complete non-starter. 
we don't invest in early stage companies, well then that's a non-starter too. They can afford to their partners, okay, maybe, but this is why you gotta do your research. If these are the people you're talking to, um, you're gonna get nowhere. Like go find early stage people who already have funds. I mean, that's uh, full stop. I mean, that, that's a lack of research there. You can do better. Um, okay, we talked about that, we talked about that. Okay. Um, does the SARP Investors Directory, it, it is primarily tech digital SaaS because that's where the action is. But yes, there are other uh, physical products as well. Just go look. You can use the search for free. Uh, you don't have to sign up to pay for it. Go look, Noam. Um, I'm not sure, honestly. That's not my specialty. But a lot of the investors that we've added to the directory do all kinds of things. So I don't know. <laughs> you can go look and, and let me know. Um, okay. Uh, Germany, okay, okay, all right, I think we're getting near the end here. Um, okay, this is the last one, and then we're going to do pitches. Okay, so Kirk, what are some ways to build a network? You're doing it right now, Kirk. Can't travel, don't live in a big town, do this. Exactly, I know you come to a lot of my events, so thank you. But make friends, post your LinkedIn, um, come to other events. Uh, there's another, you know what, sorry, i got to do one more. And then we really are going to do the pitches. Let me share this other one. This, did I talk about this one earlier? The Startup Investors, uh, Startup, sorry, I get my own names confused. StartupEvents.org. Here, this one. See the one in the middle and that's green? StartupEvents.org. That is all about, there, I made it bigger. That is a calendar of events. It's the only calendar in the world, I think, that only lists startup founder, events for startup founders, education, networking, pitching, and that are only virtual. So no matter where you live, if you have enough bandwidth to attend this, you can go to these events. It's the only one on earth, I think, that's only for you guys. <laughs> and it's free. <laughs> so go check it out and sign up. And then, you, you know, you can attend all kinds of stuff. And hopefully you can network that way. That's, again, why I do this. Try to, try to build connections. Okay. Man, I'm getting tired. It is lunchtime here. So I'm going to turn the microphone over to, let's see, to Andre and Lunita, I think. You two? You guys both want to pitch? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'll let Andre to go first because he's done this before. And um, we just do two minutes. And, well, you can do it's up to two minutes. You don't have to do two minutes, right? But we just don't want it to go on too long. But I'll put on a timer, and it will start beeping once you hit two minutes, and that's just the signal to wrap up. And um, just tell us what you Tell us whatever you'd like, but pretend it's an investor pitch, not a product pitch, right? So think about the business. I want to hear about the business. And everybody in the chat room, please get ready. Tell them nice things. We're not going to argue about the strategy because we don't have time to do that. But just in terms of the pitch, what do they say? What should, what should they say more of, less of, what wasn't clear, that kind of thing, okay? So I'll, we'll be back to you in a minute, Lenise. And then uh, we're going to bring on – here's Andre. Okay. Hello. Nice to see you. Okay. So you want to – you want to do yeah, this? I want, I'm trying to improve based on your feedback on my last attempt. Super. Yeah, yeah, great. That's awesome. All right, so go ahead. We'll give you a couple minutes, and hold on, let's switch. Make you big. There we go. All right. Awesome. Go ahead. So um, we all heard the news about the mass layoffs of major companies, uh, the big companies of the last several months, and um, tens of thousands of people lost their jobs. But um, here's some exciting news. Um, some of these companies are now trying to hire back those people that they laid off. And uh, Meta Salesforce are trying to do exactly that. Um, you can Google it, but there's a lot of information about that. And uh, basically, first, these companies had no idea 
who they need to hire during the good times when they had cheap money, and uh, they were hired. And now, um, and then they had no idea who they can hire because they didn't understand about the core key people within the companies. And uh, this is happening not just to Method, Twitter, Salesforce. Um, according to a poll, which I found, 22% of all employers are uh, considering rehiring people uh, who they laid off just a few months ago. So um, if companies like uh, Meta slash Facebook, um, who is infamous for collecting enormous amount of data on their clients and running their analytics, if they have no idea about what's going on within their companies, um, can I imagine what's happening with the less tech-savvy companies? So where's, this is where our product, Foreman Lab Sherpa, comes to the rescue. Um, our product integrates with the existing channels of communication within the companies, and uh, it provides, with, with the help of some AI magic, um, it provides analytics and answers questions like, uh, who are the key experts on the subject within this company? And basically, untouchables. <laughs> Do not let these people go. Um, if the company is looking for a new talent, um, do they need to hire this talent or do they need to promote someone who already has the skills? Um, uh, which, are there any growing conflicts within the company? Questions like that. And uh, with more than 10,000 companies uh, that have more than 1,000 employees, only in the United States, uh, and not counting the government, and not counting the contractors, uh, that creates a half billion dollar market uh, just in these uh, specific segments which we're focusing on right now. And uh, this market is highly fragmented uh, with solutions being mostly built internally and only the largest companies can afford building a solution that would provide analytics like that. And with that in mind, we're confident that we can capture at least 5% of the market uh, and uh, have um, 7x return on investment within the next five years. Our product is fully built, used by clients, and uh, with more workforce moving from offices to work remotely, it becomes an essential tool for businesses to become more efficient and, and humane towards their employees. Hopefully it was not you done? too long. Yeah. Oh, that was good. I, that was, yeah, you really set that up. Very nice. I thought that was, that was very nice. I, I'm sure I have feedback, but so everybody in the chat room, um, if you thought the, the, tell him what you thought. <laughs> if you, you have suggestions on what he could do better, he's, he's here again uh, looking for advice, which is smart. I mean, why not do this for free when, you know, as opposed to when it's the big pressure of, a, of an audience or an actual investor looking at you. So um, I, I thought that was a great improvement. So congratulations. <laughs> Um, so feedback-wise, I guess I would say you spent about half the time on the backstory, and you want to cut that down. You, you, it was it was good and it was clear, but the whole thing about hiring and firing, you know, of like you're right, people know that. So a sentence or two on each of that is all you need, and then you can get more into the details. Because what I didn't get is what do you actually do? I mean, I got an idea about analytics for retaining key employees, which is cool, but I would like to hear you know, five more sentences on that and five less sentences on how the market is going up and down and people are hiring and rehiring, right? So, and in particular, I didn't hear who the customer is. That's what I really want to know. Like, maybe not the super big company, you know, not the super small company, but like, specifically, like, we're it would be nice to hear. You don't have to, but we're targeting, you know, the VP of human resources, you know, who has a, typically has a budget of this. Like the more numbers you can get, the better. And you did have numbers because you said like 42% rehiring. That was good. It's a half a billion dollar market. You had a bunch of numbers. Those was great. But I can keep going. Like the specifics around the transactions, like what makes the money here? That's, that's what I really want to hear. So your pitch was kind of 
half market background, a quarter on what you're doing, and then you very rightly got to what it's going to grow into. So I would just shift the, the, the emphasis a little bit and more on specifically what are you doing, who are you targeting, and how does that make money. And maybe you're not there yet, but eventually we'd want to hear numbers like, you know, this kind of customer with a typical budget of this, we think they would uh, renew annually for this, you know, that, those kind of like metrics. And you may not know yet, but the more you can even make them up, it shows us that you thought about it, which is key, right? Um, and then, I have a question. Should sure. I include these numbers into the, this kind of elevator speech? Because I have this information. I just you want do. To okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's hard. You know, yeah, I'm picking on you because this is an artificial length, right? Two minutes is not – people have very short conversations or they tend to have long conversations. Two, two minutes is definitely artificial, so you're right. Um, if you have those numbers, um, I guess it's a matter of emphasis. You didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying, like, more numbers, less background. In, in any conversation, because anyone in this space will agree immediately your opening statement. You know all those companies laid off a bunch of people and rehired them because they don't know what they're doing? Yes. Okay, move on. You've got that, right? And then we're going to improve that by this, Y, and Z. Our customers are these. We're going to make money like this, like money. We want to know how you make the money. That's the piece you, you kind of skated over, and that would really give you the heart. And it, it, you're right. It probably doesn't have to – you don't want to sound like you're giving a stage speech if you're in an elevator and start dropping in all statistics and stuff. Um, but that's the trick for all of us, for everybody that's listening. You need to kind of know your whole pitch. Think of it like, and I usually think of it like it's five or six bullet points. And each of those may be, if it's a long pitch, it may be three minutes each. But in an elevator, they might be 10 seconds each. And you've got to just be able to kind of expand it, just like you would with your life story. If I asked you, what's your life story in 10 words, you do it like this. If I asked your life story and you had half an hour, you'd spend a lot of time on each part, right? But you know the whole story, right? So you would just expand and contract. And the key is to pull out one of the most important bullet points from the investor's point of view. And this was, uh, if I recall correctly, this is way better than last time in several ways because this was much more investor-focused rather than product-focused. And that's great. So you're making awesome progress. And getting to the end, um, 7x, uh, you already have it built. That was really good to know. People often skip over, like, is this in market or where, where are you? That's really critical. And then also the return on investment is nice. The piece that you didn't have, which is fine, um, if you're actually pitching, you would throw out a number. Like, we're looking to raise 500000 at this kind of valuation and ideally with some kind of structure, like I was saying a couple minutes ago, 500k on a $5 million pre-money valuation using a safe note or something like that. Just because that gives investors a sense, you know, like, do you fit in my box or not? So otherwise, that was a lot of feedback on what was a greatly improved pitch. So I hope that's helpful. Nice job. Yeah. All right. Nice to see you. All right. Cleanup hitter. Going to bring on Lenita here. Yes, there she is. And I'm going to say goodbye to Andre. Cool. All right. So you got the vibe here? Does that look like, look like fun? You want to give it a shot? Yeah. I'm going to try it out. Cool. All right. All right. You're whenever you're ready. Okay. Imagine a baby consuming 60 million microplastics daily, unknowingly. Alarming. I know. That's the reality for many parents who, due to hectic schedule, resort to dishwashing for cleaning baby bottles, a method that inadvertently introduces microplastics. Enter Kubri. We're not merely launching a product, we're disrupting the $77 billion baby care market. Kuri's innovative design makes baby bottle cleaning quicker, tidier, and above all, safer. Tackling the microplastic 
plastic mess. Remember, 90% of parents turn to bottle feeding after maternity. Now, in only 30 days, we garnered over 5,000 followers on Facebook, testifying to the urgent demand with a ready manufacturer, working prototypes, and over 100 um, early adapters establishing product market fit. We're set for a November 2023 launch with 70 pre-orders already on the list. Our seasoned team with 30 years of combined experience understands the market, the product, and the parents, ensuring careers in just the product is a promise of better, safer infant care. Join your now mission as we aim for a multi-million dollar licensing deal within the next three to five years. We're not just raising the bar, we're redefining the baby care. Thank you. Very nice. I think you've done this before. Once or twice? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. No, really good. Obviously, you you're very practiced and, and nice. Um, yeah, well, very good job. So everybody in the chat room, if you have suggestions, what you missed or what you could do better, please share them. She's obviously open to feedback. Good for you. It's, it's brave to go on and do this kind of thing. Um, so I, well, I thought it was very good. Um, I, my job is to poke holes, so let me see if I can help you improve it. It was very good, seriously. Um, and, and you have a nice, confident way of speaking, which is, and, and the pace was good also. Sometimes people, you know, talk too fast or too slow. So you've got most of this down. So um, you opened with a nice sort of story, wasn't quite a story, but kind of a story or a use case anyway, uh, the problem solution framework, which gets people quickly to understand it. You tossed in a $77 billion market. That's a big market. Cool. Got everybody's attention. That's good. Um, what you did the best, which I thought was amazing, uh, and everybody else who's listening, especially people who are asking about traction earlier, do you notice how she mixed in traction? They don't really have traction traction in the sense of uh, sold products that are generating profits and revenue. But she had traction-esque sort of words. I should buy that. What's a good name? Traction-esque, um, right? Because they had uh, 5,000 Facebook followers in 30 days and 70 pre-orders and you know these metrics that don't actually prove uh, money, but they prove momentum and they prove like what I was saying earlier that somebody besides the need believes in this, and that's what investors are really asking for. You know, of course they want profit, but but you just got to show that it isn't just in your head. So great job on that. That's maybe the best I've ever heard of you, like, you know, kind of faking the traction, not fake, I've got to find a better word, but imitating traction, I guess. So very nicely done. Um, it was interesting also the licensing deal. Um, I would like to know more about that, but that was probably enough in a two-minute pitch because what you're trying to do is make me want to know more, right? So you did that on the licensing. Okay, so what's the model? Interesting. Um, so then two, there's two feedback, and these are only two real suggestions I have. One is I, I don't really know what the product is, and you don't need to answer me, but I get the, the market you're attacking and that you're helping babies with microplastics. I get that, but I don't know, is it a physical thing? Is it software? Is it, if it's physical, what does it cost to make? Do you have manufacturing relationships? If it's licensing, is it, is it design? Is it a low, like I, I think I was taking notes, so maybe I missed it, but whatever it is, you need, I think you need to hit that harder. Like, we make this, and this is how we make money. Like, the simple version, right? Um, and Andre, Andre did the same thing. A lot of people do. Like, you're so close to it, you forget. you got to just say, you know, we make pencils, and we use them to write. <laughs> you know, like, sounds stupid, but, but that's, you know, we don't know because we don't know what you do, right? So, like, really break it down. And then I would just be careful a little bit. I like the disruptive, like, um, you know, revolutionary feel to it. But investors are a little wary of that because teaching customers new behaviors is a really good way to lose money. 
right? So I, I get it. I understand why you're doing it, but just be careful not to hit it too hard, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, right? Um, disruption is awesome, but if it's making some people do things they haven't traditionally done, that's really, really hard, which means it's really expensive. So it would be interesting to hear how whatever it is you're doing fits naturally into the flow of their lives anyway. That's kind of the angle I would use to position it, whatever, because I still don't actually know what you do. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, moms do this every day anyway, so we just kind of help them like this, you know. And so it's not a re-education effort so that you could maintain the, the revolutionary spirit, but try to make it not sound like a re-education because that's the easy way to lose billions, right? Trying to, like vitamins, right? You try to make people take vitamins they don't want to take, right? <laughs> right? So, but if you have aspirin and they have a headache, then they're going to buy it. And that's, you know, what's the real problem here and how does it, how is it easy for them uh, to fit into their lifestyle and, and such that they will actually pay for it? Um, I actually, that brings up a last point. I wasn't clear. Well, I guess you said licensing deal. So that implies a more of a B2B relationship, not a direct-to-consumer. Okay. So that, that might be worth exploring anyway. But that was very, very good. I hope those comments are helpful. So. Yeah, no, that helps with them because we were trying out the budget teaching company as well. So now I'm going to oh, think okay. about that and how to frame it. Right. So people are not aware of the microplastic yeah. happening with the baby bottles. So yeah. I will um, use your advice and um, reframing on the deck. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Great. Great to meet you. I hope we'll see you again. Thank you. Where are you working with? Do you have investors or you have an incubator or somebody? You seem like you know what you're doing. I'm, uh, I started this a few months ago, so I'm learning as I go. Well, good job, Lindy. That's impressive. Very nice. Thank you. All right. Well, hope to see you again. All right. Well, yeah. It's 2 o'clock. I think we got to wrap this up. And um, let's see. Any last notes there? Oh, boy. Uh, I got to go eat lunch. You guys probably do too. Let me just say thank you to our sponsors again. Uh, Cake Equity, like I said, if you can get 20% off if you go use them on cakeequity.com for your um, startup uh, stock option issuance, cap tables, stuff like that. And then there's uh, my good friends here. Uh, all these logos, these are services that we've built for you. So come and sign up. Um, please like and comment and all that kind of stuff on LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever you hang out. And most of all, thank you. Thank you for coming and being here. Thanks for trusting me to give you uh, some silly advice. Um, don't rely on it too much, but I hope it's helpful at least pointing you in the general direction. And hopefully we can meet sometime in person. And if not, uh, please uh, say hello on LinkedIn. Let me know how we connected. And uh, sign up for our newsletters, and we'll send you a whole bunch of information trying to help you because that's what we do. All right. Thanks for your time. Hope to see you again soon. We do this every month, by the way, fourth Tuesday of every month. And if you get on the mailing list, you'll also hear about our uh, accelerator workshops. Actually, I didn't talk about that one. The uh, Sorry, that way. See the red logo, Masterminds Accelerator Workshops? Those are monthly online. And the next one is going to be October 3rd. I think that's a Tuesday. Anyway, get on the mailing list. And we'll be happy to connect with you. So thanks for your time. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Please like and comment and share and all of that other stuff. Bye-bye. <laughs>